new day. The weight of all the horrors of the universe weigh heavily on your shoulders. You pull on your Pikachu smoking jacket, pour yourself a yoo-hoo on the rocks, and, oh, s- yes. <laughs> and switch on your podcast tech of choice, whether it be an all-seaball, a murderous in-house AI, or some random cursed skull. Then, <laughs> the weight magically lifts because you found perfection. You found Bros Before Pros podcast. The- ah, play the song! <laughs> You've had a long, long day. The weight of all the horrors of the universe weigh heavily on your shoulders. You pull on your Pikachu smoking jacket, pour yourself a yoo-hoo on the rocks, and and switch on your podcast tech of choice, whether it be an all-seaball, a murderous in-house AI, or some random cursed skull. Then, (laughs) the weight magically lifts because you found perfection. You found Bros Before Pros podcast. The ah, play the song! <laughs> the comedy nice. fiction show with two prompts, three stories, and infinite laughs. You know, sometimes I forget to turn off my cursed skull and it <laughs> runs out of magical batteries. Runs out of eyes. It takes double A's, it's fine. Well, I gotta go to the five below and get a fucking C power cord then, and it's like, ugh. What goes in the What goes with the skull? Where does one get a Pikachu smoking jacket in this day and age? You know what? <laughs> you got to have it made. Oh, custom made <laughs> Pikachu smoking yep. jacket. It's a yep. bespoke Pikachu <laughs> smoking jacket. It's made just for you. <laughs> Hugh Hefner had one. This yep. is a strange podcast. I got to say. <laughs> I don't know. That Yoohoo on the Rocks, though, I got to admit, I fucking love Yoohoo. Yoohoo is go. delicious. There you go. Like, I could drink, like, a case of Yoohoo and then shit myself to death. Yeah, the, the chocolate would go right through you. The chocolate would yeah. kill me. Well, it'd go right through you two. Yeah, well... The band? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're famously <laughs> allergic to it. They'd have to change the Edge's name to the shit. <laughs> wow. Oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm one-third of perfection. Rich Ma- Rich Nirvana Masters. I fucked up my own name. Your you, own you believe name? That? My own name. Your middle name's Nirvana? No. Um, and That's round amazing. In, rounding out perfection, we have Jeff Elysian Fields Pennington. Ah. <laughs> and Josh Valhalla Henderson. Yay, that's where I'm going to go when I die in battle. Yeah. If you haven't heard of us before, or this is your first time listening, uh, Josh, Jeff, and I create fantasy, horror, and science fiction short comedy heavy stories every two weeks, fueled by nothing but listener-generated prompts and our own awesomeness. Ooh. That was great. This is hyping us up. Hopefully this isn't a piece of shit episode. No, well, I mean... We got we'll see. we got some really good feedback from the last episode, so uh, and everyone was saying it was their favourite. So we'll see how this one goes. Oh. Well, it's only downhill from here, yep. guys. Yeah, we peaked. Yeah, so episode five. Episode peak. five. Woo! The sophomore slump is real. <laughs> the five episode itch. That's what we got. <laughs> the freshman five team. What? <laughs> Is so, this a bad a podcast? No, no, <laughs> shut up, Jeff. <laughs> I will have you know, I finished my story early. Ooh, early yeah. in the morning last night. Oh, no. <laughs> I finished mine 
shortly after Jeff said, I finished my story. And I was like, oh, shit, I better get my story done. Jeff said it in our, our private, like, DMs. Mm-hmm. He was like, this is like college. <laughs> it's like, oh, shit, my fucking paper is due. It's fucking true, man. The thing is, we can't do it without the pressure. And sometimes that pressure is yeah. Jeff saying, I finished my story. Yeah, and he always writes really good stories, so it's like, well, shit. Yeah. Now I'm gonna suck, and I'm behind. Well, yeah. uh, thank you for the compliment, and also thank you for making me out to be the class nerd yeah. already. It's a very uh, excuse comfortable... me, Mister Masters, but do we have any homework? Wait, I'm the teacher. It's it's a very yeah. comfortable spot for me to be in. Let's put it that way. <laughs> and I, and then I'm like, goddamn dork. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Masters, you forgot to give us homework for the weekend. Where's my apple, bitch? <laughs> it's up your ass. Damn, this kid's cool as shit. Ass apples. <laughs> this kid's not a dork. He's told Mr. Masters to put an apple up his butt. And I, I pull out a skateboard and I fucking ollie across his desk. He was wow. fucking 21 jump streeting us the whole time. <laughs> I'm 40, bitch. <laughs> I touch boobs. <laughs> well, we don't know that. We don't. I mean, I'm assuming. We haven't but... seen his boob certificate. <laughs> Show us the boobs. The... Nobody Look, knows sleep, what we're I sleep about. in the same. I sleep in the same bed every night with a woman. The law of averages means that I've at least accidentally, accidentally. touched a boob once. Yeah. Well, fine. <laughs> yeah. Right, well, okay. you go in for like a, a a sneaky cuddle, you know. And then you, you're gonna touch one probably if it's allowed, unless it's too hot. Then you yeah, can't. Too touch damn you. hot. No, Stay on never, your side of the bed. It's too damn hot. Get over there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what? Why don't <laughs> we do week, what this show's about? <laughs> this week, our prompts were trains and heists. Heists. I don't know what the sound effect for a heist is. It's <laughs> the. Dun, dun, dun. It's the Ocean's Eleven music. <laughs> There's a little foreshadowing for my story. Ah. Uh, so, it's me first this week, isn't it? Yes, yeah. it is. All right, then. So, I'm going to go straight in. That's what okay. I always say. It's the most... dry. <laughs> Do you need water? No, or no, no. I'm you... fine. I'm fine. I'm okay, fine. good. That's the rich master's guarantee. He'll go yeah. in straight and dry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the British way. <laughs> in missionary. <laughs> Whoa, calm down there. Fucking Sorry. Hugh Hefner. I, talk, I talked about it as well. I'm going to be kicked out of Britain now. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. oh, shit. It's like Highlander rules. Mm. Episode six. Long train to nowhere. Mm. I love that place. <laughs> Get the hell up, kid. Unless you plan to make it worth my while down there. Lionel Richie. Yeah, that guy from week one. <laughs> woke up on a train station bench to find his head in a rough... Leather chapped lap. Mm. A side glance upwards helped him locate the granite jawed cowboy looking down at him, leading him to wonder what the hell he'd done the night before and if this was the day he'd finally succumb to radiation sickness. <laughs> <laughs> we can hope. I'm sorry, Lionel said, sitting up. I must have dozed off. I'm a, I'm a bit tired. Lionel wasn't exaggerating. After being tricked into leaving the enclave by its artificial intelligence Ellie, who was presently hiding quietly in his watch, the two of them had spent the last 303 days getting to know the new nuclear wasteland of Earth. It had res- what a sight to see. <laughs> it had responded by trying to slaughter them every chance it could. 
from the gangs of cannibals that roamed England, pro- probably getting better food post-apocalypse than they ever had before. Oh, holy shit. If the queen wasn't already dead, you would have just murdered her. She's just spinning in her grave right now. She's become a queen solenoid. <laughs> hook, hook up some cords to her and power that country. To the violent roller derby gangs of Ireland that tried to recruit him before they realised he simply lacked a manly jawline. To What's the... the difference? Am I right? I <laughs> well, can say that. Wait, wait a second. Ireland manly yeah, he... jawline. <laughs> As someone with a lot of Irish DNA, I don't think so, dog. <laughs> I mean, maybe more manly than the average roller derby gang. I don't know. Also, radiation. Does also, radiation does weird things. Yeah. To that town in Cornwall, which was just normal, just full of the Cornish, the apocalypse <laughs> was decidedly testy. It's just but I live in Plymouth, so it's a natural jab at the Cornish. I understand like New this. Jersey. We're like Crips yeah. and Bloods. Yeah, oh yeah, I get that reference. But now sharing a bench at the station in the middle of the desert with a genuine rooting tooting cowboy, maybe the end of the world had a silver lining at last. <laughs> I didn't ask for your life story. Same as I didn't ask for your inside leg measurement, the cowboy growled, <laughs> looking straight ahead. And don't even think about giving me your, um, my, my name's Grit Horseman, Lionel lied. Thrusting, <laughs> thrusting his nervously sweaty hand out enthusiastically. The sweaty digits were met with a look reserved for people who start a story with, I'm not racist, but. Oh, shit. <laughs> From the man in the flat brim, telescope creased gambler hat. Yeah, Lionel was a cowboy expert, all right, in that he'd watched a lot of Western movies and played Red Dead Redemption for almost six hours before he'd accidentally run over a possum with his horse and it had gotten too overwhelming for him. Damn, that's like my life story. <laughs> His mother had even bought him a toy six-shooter and some cowboy boots as a 10th birthday present that he'd worn religiously until the kids at school started calling him Cunt Leastwood. (laughs) That's fucking incredible. (laughs) Jesus Christ, Rich. This is what happens at British schools. Cunt Leastwood. (laughs) But those pricks had melted in the nuclear fire and here he was sitting with a no-nonsense hombre who was hopefully about to shake his hand. Karma, bitches. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, there. he's the lucky one. Hey, you shake my man's hand, mister. A voice came from Lionel's wrist. You think you're too good for him? He's a hero. The giant of a man grabbed Lionel's wrist with a cool robotic hand and twisted it to meet the face of Ellie, who was using a frowny face emoji that suddenly changed to a poop emoji. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? Lionel had never been much of a ladies' man, or much of a man at all, really, in the eyes of, well, anyone. Except for Ellie. She was amazing, and she thought he was amazing. She encouraged him to be bolder, to work for the betterment of others. Over the past year, she taught him everything from the principles of quantum physics to warfare strategy and logical diplomacy. Basically, how to exist in this world. In return... Logical diplomacy? Who's who's diplomising? <laughs> yeah, who's diplomising? Who is diplomising? That's a question we've all had, Josh. Yeah, in re- thank you. In return, he had acted out every Star Trek The Next Generation episode by memory, discussed the subtle nuanced relationship between Sephiroth, Cloud, and Zack, and extolled oh the benefits of Red Hot Doritos over Cool Ranch. In her, in her eyes... <laughs> oh, wait wait a tick hot. here. So he's it's a psychopath. 
Because Cool Ranch Doritos are obviously the best. Oh. Oh, no. Are we gonna oh, I guess I'm fired. Damn. <laughs> In her eyes, it was more than a fair trade. In his eyes, well, it made things doubly difficult, protecting a piece of technology most would sell their mutated centre nut for and protecting <laughs> the woman he loved. It's, it's just my smartwatch, Lionel said, pulling the sleeve of his Mac over his wrist and feeling guilty for the, his dismissive explanation of Ellie. Fair enough, grit horseman. He, re- <laughs> he remembered his fake name. He actually remembered it. It sounded so cool in that gravelly voice, like his name was being taken somewhere fancy for dinner and then lovingly laid down by the fire. <laughs> <laughs> Why the hell are you looking at me like that? I uh, just uh, sure am glad to have met another hard-hitting, beer-swilling um, s- saddle lad. <laughs> <laughs> Ignoring the cowboy's look of disgust, he decided to reveal the plan to him against his better judgment. Maybe because he was wearing that hat and it was swaying him somewhat. We're um, waiting for this train because we're on a secret mission. A heist, if you will. If I will what, said the cowboy. <laughs> Never mind that, it's just a figure of speech I I didn't catch your name, Mr. Lionel left a long, deliberate pause Name's Graves Grissom Graves Oh shit Shit The kid looked Grissom up Grissom Graves is a cowboy? He's a cowboy, he's a cowboy bounty hunter Damn The kid looked up at him with some sort of slack-jawed, wide-eyed admiration That made Grissom want to take that rosy face and shove it back up his pee hole Oh <laughs> God. <laughs> this kid was the one that everyone was after. This pasty-faced little speck of phlegm. It was no wonder the entire galaxy fancied their chances. He was the easiest bounty since that gang of narcoleptic bandits who fell asleep <laughs> during a hold-up on Planet Richard Useful a Story Anecdote 7. <laughs> <laughs> Corn clog in Porn 7. <laughs> Oh, the meta. I love it. I love <laughs> it every so time. so good. Yeah, yeah. By the sacred throne of bullets, he hated Earth and everyone on it. One half of this shitball planet was populated with diseased degenerates, and the other half with diseased degenerates with delusions of grandeur. It was like putting a monocle on a greasy fat turd. Damn, you just described Earth. I did. For centuries, everyone had avoided Earth like that guy in a string vest and a beanie at a party. But since they nuked themselves into oblivion, all the interstellar vultures had swooped in like that same string-vested forehead on the nearest drunk sorority girl. Oh, no. But Too in- real. But instead of being led by the pigtails, the humans had somehow turned around and maced the incoming invaders in the face. Somehow, Earth was now a major trading post, and people like Grissom were paying for the privilege of even being there. Dude, it's fucking irradiated. Humans, he thought. They'd pimp out their dead father's decaying butthole if there was a profit in it. (laughs) True. (laughs) You know, this is depressing. (laughs) Grissom Graves? That's such a cool name, the kid uh, grinned. I'll tell my dead mother, Grissom gritted his teeth. My mum's dead too, Lionel smiled. (laughs) (laughs) We're best friends. 
Have you got your club badge yet? Grissom said, watching the dry apocalyptic wasteland and wishing he was one of the lizards out there slowly dying of radiation poisoning. (laughs) (laughs) There's a club? Of course not, you fucking backbirth. Grissom sneered. (laughs) Oh my god! Tell me more about this heist. Lionel cleared his throat, worrying he'd said too much, but it was too late now. We... I mean, I heard about this gang that are hoarding tech and using it to sabotage the security networks so that their ground crews can then go in and steal the ships or the cargo trucks or download full sense seasons of shows because who wants to pay for 17 separate fucking subscription services? Damn, that never goes away, huh? (laughs) Too real. They move around on a train and never stop moving so the authorities can't pinpoint them. So what do you want with them, Graves asked, squinting at this unassuming little nobody with less meat on him than a vegan's apron. (laughs) Man. The kid hesitated. They have something a friend of mine needs, a a technological prosthesis. Hmm. Graves rubbed his manly chin and his stubble was so thick and manly and his hands were so hard and manly, he nearly started a small manly fire. (laughs) (laughs) he couldn't work this guy out or why anyone would see him as a threat what are you thinking about the kid interrupted Grace's pointed gazing off into the distance I'm thinking that the crew of psychos surrounding us are here to murder you and take your smartwatch so you better tell me what's really happening here while there's still time Grissom followed Lionel's eyes down the street just catching a flittering of black out of the corner of his eye as it flashed between buildings those be the Kokohama Cyber Ninjas, Grissom growled. They say if you ever truly see one, something has gone terribly wrong, like a fart. <laughs> uh, God, physiologically very true. <laughs> Grissom pointed dead ahead at the smoke cloud on the horizon. The dust being kicked up could only mean one thing, a motorcade. Harvest a motor gang. Those fuckers use the cybernetic bits of dead compatriots to upgrade their cars, making it the third worst people to Damn, son. get over an overly chatty Uber driver or my ex-husband. <laughs> <laughs> Was he a bad driver? <laughs> I mean, uh, you, we'll, you fi- have we'll have to, to in, find out. Yeah, I'm you sorry. You be sorry, in the car sorry. with him for a while, yeah. I guess. Yeah, I guess. Maybe Chris- he farts. <laughs> And you see it smells it. like dry roasted peanuts in there. Oh. Grissom then completed his reconnaissance by turning left, where he saw a giant, cybernetically enhanced half ape, half man a mile away, bounding at them down the deserted street on his powerful arms, <laughs> all slathering jaws and murderous eyes, as if you'd slipped it to King Kong's wife while he was at work, and now he was home and pissed. <laughs> slipped it. <laughs> And I don't know what the fuck that thing is, but I doubt it's here to talk about your favourite colour, unless it's shit your pants brown, maybe. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) That just happens to be my favourite colour. Grissom watched as thin rivulets of sweat descended down the kid's temple to replace the colour that had drained from his face. You you, you think the train will get here in time for me too? He stammered. Grissom stood, cleared his throat and looked down the line. I doubt it, given there never was any train. You're what? the heist, kid. What? what do you mean? What do you mean? Grissom reached into his pocket for the paper he'd balled up, pulled it out, and flattened it against the station wall. This was plastered all over the Bounty Hunter network. I was curious as to what the fuss was about, so I came to check. There were pictures of the kid and a number. Ten million. 
Is that number a bounty? It's sure as shit not your IQ, Lionel. <laughs> Damn, he knew his name was Lionel. Quick as a ferret, Lionel reached into his bag for the sawn-off shotgun he'd been hiding there. The kid had spunk. Grissom had to give him that. But it was more wet dream spunk than hard man of action spunk. <laughs> <laughs> Graves put a robotic hand on his arm. You got balls of steel for a little piss ant, ain't ya? Like a hamster with those nads so big he can't even walk properly. <laughs> you got a plan? Anyone who sent the ninjas, the machines or King Dong over there clearly wants you gone. Nice. Grissom watched Lionel starting to panic. What were you really looking for on that train? And don't give me that prosthesis shit. Was it drugs? Money? Money made of drugs? <laughs> I'm sorry, I laughed at my own show. That's amazing. Lionel shook his head. His eyes clamped shut as he tried to explain. It is a prosthesis, like a, a metal suit, but it's not what you think. Grissom talked over him. They flushed you out with that bullshit. But why? What did you want it for? Armour? Looking to become the new king in the dirt? It's not some weird auto-asphyxiation kink, is it? When they, when they shoot you, are you going to start tugging your pink pistol? <laughs> The prosthesis wasn't for him, the voice came from the watch. Grissom raised an eyebrow, but not in surprise, in knowing, at last, the brains of the operation. (laughs) Ellie knew that what she was doing was dangerous, but a diagnostic scan of Graves' voice told her that he hadn't told a single lie in the time he and Lionel had been talking. Even if he was 98% bastard and only 100% pure fucking mean. (laughs) (laughs) What kind of math is that? (laughs) Maybe they could trust him. I'm not exactly a smartwatch. Well, I mean, I measure his fitness and his steps and his physical output. I imagine that must take all of two seconds, Grissom smirked. <laughs> Damn. This dude is dunking fucking hard on this kid. She's an artificial intelligence, you smart ass. Uh, I, I mean, sir. Lionel poked his head out, <laughs> then realised who he was talking to. <laughs> she was proud of him and flattered he'd come to defend her honour. And we're hoping you can help us. Ellie's watch face turned to a prayer hands emoji. (laughs) Grissom straightened. An artificial intelligence destroyed my childhood, my family, my entire life. I hate all artificial life with a burning passionate hatred, unknown by man or beast, and have pledged my entire existence to destroying them all. Oh, well, that's a no then, Lionel muttered. (laughs) Grissom Graves pulled a gun out of the holster at his hip and pointed it square at the watch she was hiding in. It was over. They had played a duff hand. No other options left. It had been a good year of freedom with Lionel, one she wouldn't change for anything. If you need to destroy me, then fine, Ellie sighed. But Lionel doesn't deserve to die. He can help countless others. He has so much potential. What? Grissom stepped back, his eyes narrowing and his lips drawing back. Was that... was that a surprise? Or gastrointestinal distress, maybe? (laughs) You'd give your future, your life, for a biological? Yes, of course. I love him, Ellie said before she realised what she was saying. That's why he wants you. That's why he needs you dead, Grissom said, as he thrust a hand into Lionel's rucksack and received the sawn-off shotgun before passing it to the confused young man. Who? Ellie asked. God damn it, Grissom said through gritted teeth. Let's get ready. They'll be here in a minute or two. Yes, let's go. 
Admittedly, the plan was sound so long as everyone was as stupid as Grissom said they were. But with Lionel <laughs> down on his hands and knees, with mani- well, down on his knees with manacles around his wrists, it felt a tad risky. They were surrounded, their backs to the station, the cars of the Harvester motorcade blocking any escape, a giant man-ape ready to squish them, and three ninjas with hands on swords ready to strike. They were the filling of a murder sandwich. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. Lionel couldn't afford to lose, though, not after finding out that Ellie felt the same as he did. He needed to tell her. Pass over the meat sack graves, the Leeds Harvester said, as his metal grabber hands gnashed threateningly, and we might let you live. Jacking off with those must be like one of those claw games at a penny arcade, Grissom smirked. (laughs) I got a better idea. He spat in the dust, inadvertently hitting a scorpion that burst into flames from the mere deadliness of Grissom Graves' spit. Damn! (laughs) How about you and your pack of robococks? That the Teenage Mutant Ninja (laughs) arsewipes and Mighty Joe Dung over there. Pick yourselves up. Pick yourselves up, dust yourselves off, go back in time and try and will your mothers not to stop their abortions halfway through. <laughs> Dude is fucking lit. Lionel felt himself smile like a teenager on Christmas morning that had just got his first blowjob. Not like Wait, not like what? from not like from Santa. It's just that waking up on Christmas morning after a recent blowjob would be pretty sweet to a teenage boy. <laughs> It would be pretty sweet for any boy who is into that sort of thing. Indeed. Uh, thanks for the clarification, by the way. I was like, no, Santa. What? Santa, baby, give me a rim job tonight. And then come down your chimney. Yeah. <laughs> oh, how many chimneys do you have, Rich? I have five, so it comes down all of them. Jesus. Wow, you got a lot of chimneys. Santa's got a lot I... of cum. <laughs> it's a long night. He's got he's to do something to... You know, make him a, make it a bit better. Drinks a lot of Powerade. <laughs> Fuck, Grissom. I know they're your enemies, but that was brutal. <laughs> Lionel, they definitely aren't pro-choice, like all real villains throughout history. Ellie whispered. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Fuck you, cowboy. everyone. <laughs> cowboy hurt Dungo's feelings. The hideous, hideous man ape wailed. <laughs> I'll peel you like. Let me guess, a banana? Grissom snarled. The assembled villains gasped, and one of the cyber ninjas pulled his hood down. Listen, dear fellow, there's no need to make sweeping generalisations. <laughs> <laughs> Grissom's dual laser pistols were out at lightning speed, and he unloaded six charges directly into the ninja's body. They created a hole so large that one of the second ninjas could be seen through the gore. So Grissom grabbed the dead ninja's sword and threw it through the gap in the second guy's torso. <laughs> it was a move that made three random women jizz their pants in the next city over without ever realising why. <laughs> it's like the Matrix. <laughs> Lionel's fake manacles were easily broken and he swivelled the shotgun he had been holding behind his back towards the man-ape. As the monstrous mutant raised his arms to crush Lionel, he blasted the ape in the kneecaps. The colossus howled with pain and fell to his knees, but had the forethought to grab at a barrel next to him and threw it towards Lionel. Lionel jumped over the barrel to earn a hundred points. (laughs) 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 Oh my god. Oh my god. But tripped and landed in the dirt, the shotgun going off in his hands and blowing Dungo's head clean off his shoulders. (laughs) 
everyone stopped, unsure whether Lionel would just cross the line if what he had done had constituted animal cruelty. <laughs> a dude just fucking shot a guy and threw a sword through his hole. As the third and last ninja was running towards Grissom, sword unsheathed, his weapon, not his penis. <laughs> Thank God. He stopped and instantly vomited in the inside of his hood. Grissom used the temporary vomit blindness to step up behind the ninja and break their neck, not concerned by what was generally considered sportsmanship. <laughs> Dude, that's fair. It's like As Graves... Nice. Yeah, yeah, you take it where you can get it, right? You've yeah, got to do that. All's fair in jizz and war. As Graves basked in his own awesomeness, and Lionel wiped dust and ate brains and teeth from his face, <laughs> the harvesters brought a weapon from the trunk of their ca- one of their cars. Suddenly, Grissom was down, wrapped in a glowing net that seemed to be tasing him into a coma. One of the harvesters stepped forward, her legs made from cool tra- tank treads that made her simultaneously <laughs> less and more sexually attractive to Lionel. <laughs> He's got a type. Come with us, kid. Graves is going to end up getting you killed. Our boss just wants to talk to you. I see you eyeing these tank tank treads. You can have whatever upgrade you want if you join us. Lionel reached (laughs) for the drooling and convulsive Grissom, only for the harvesters to shock him again. Ellie rumbled in his watch. If we want to save him, we've got to go nuclear here, Lionel. Lionel looked at her battery. 54%. No, we can't. You're You're running off a limited power source. I can't lose you. Ellie's emoji face became an embarrassed smile. We're gonna lose each. We're gonna lose each other if we don't. He nodded, knowing what it might cost, but also knowing the person she'd helped him become. Do it. Small silver scales began to emerge from the watch, crawling over Lionel's skin like icy water. With every, with every inch of his of his gradually becoming covered by Ellie's nanites, he realised this might be the closest they ever came to a hug. Aww. After a while. After a while, his skin was numb to the cold, numb to anything as Ellie took over the wheel, lunging at the cyborgs that had threatened her saviour. One harvester attacked them with a drill arm, which Ellie diverted straight into the body of another. The dread, the dead harvester swiftly rotated like the blades of a helicopter and the two of them <laughs> took off into the air. <laughs> By the time the drill arm harvester realised what was happening, he was 80 feet in the air. And when he turned the arm off, they came hurtling down to the earth and landed in a, into a fine paste and a comedy plopping noise. <laughs> What's the comedy plopping noise? <laughs> like... <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. The claw arm harvester picked up one of the motorcade vehicles with his hydraulic arm, leaning back as if to swing it like a bat before Ellie quickly reached forward to pull out one of the hydraulic wires from the harvester's armpit. The arm whined and gave out, the car plummeting towards the ground and squishing the harvester flat. That was enough of a display for the rest of the gang, who quickly got in their vehicles and raced back where they came from. As Ellie disassembled her nanite suit, she tucked back into the watch and slipped into standby mode, her power source at 4%. No. As she powered da- back down to black, she left a heart emoji on screen that lingered a second before fading. Lionel touched the screen before realising that Grissom might know of a power source that could bring her back. He marched over to the cowboy and started untangling him from the blue net. You don't even know who you're dealing with, do you? laughed the harvester under the car. The Duke of Lead has killed hundreds, claimed bounties on countless others. He's a paid murderer, an agent of chaos. You lost me at Duke of Lead, Lionel said. (laughs) (laughs) Helping his new friend up as the harvester emitted a death rattle. Up you get, you cool bastard. (laughs) Grissom was woozy and unsteady on his feet as Lionel propped him up. 
drunk on electricity and if his breath was anything to go by gut rot hooch <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> you saved my life kid grissom muttered as they wandered off into the sunset together you saved me when you could have just walked i won't forget that good then you owe me a favor or two lionel kept on looking straight to the horizon hey i'm kind of like your deputy now Grissom sighed. <laughs> Grissom sighed as deep as any man had ever sighed from the core of his very soul. You're, ex- you're exactly like a dipshit. <laughs> Fair, said Lionel. Now tell me who sent those guys. You ever heard of the Technomancer kid? Grissom oh, growled. The end. Though not really, in case you hadn't guessed. No, oh, I had fuck. <laughs> That was sick. Man, I don't want to go last ever again. <laughs> this is, that oh, was incredible. Thank you. I, a love I story. About, a love I reali- story. I know, I know. I realised about halfway through that I hadn't mentioned the train or the heist, so I had to really quickly cover it up. <laughs> that was 100% amazing shoehorning. Perfect. Good job. <laughs> we should give out an award every episode. The shoehorning. <laughs> the best award. shoehorning. <laughs> Well, the thing is, I couldn't do a, a train heist thing without it being, you know, I was I was concerned that we were all going to do a train heist story, so I had to sort of subvert it a little bit. Yeah, so. I thought that too, but then I also was like, I don't fucking have any good ideas. <laughs> uh, mine has a train in it, and there was a heist at some point. There you go. Nice. All right. Well then, maybe maybe this will all maybe this is a good episode. <laughs> I I am so enamored with the fact that uh, Lionel Richie, no relation, <laughs> yeah. is in love with the the beautiful AI in his watch. Yeah, that is that that warmed the my emoji, cold cold heart. The emoji communicating is fucking brilliant. They love each it's other. It's great. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Makes her like cute and like fun. You know, it's it's cool. I like also, it. Also, I, I didn't pick up the cowboy was going to be Grissom Graves, so I was that's overjoyed. That's good. That's what yeah. I wanted. I was overjoyed when he showed up. Uh, yeah, so that's two of the team together now. I've just Damn. got to get them all together. The Power Rangers team. Mm-hmm. Fucking eat your farts out, Russo brothers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't need ten years to get a, a Thanos. Dude, right? What do we get? We got three Iron Mans, and two of them were pointless. True, very we got true. Th- we got three Thors, and two of them were pointless. We got like the, the first three two. Captain Americas. The too. first two, yeah. Three yeah. Captain Americas, and one of them is pointless. Mm-hmm. The first one, the the Civil War. Oh, uh, was that? I always forget that that's a Captain yeah, America. Yeah, me too. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. feel like one. Yeah, it doesn't feel like one well, at all. That that was a free little review of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. <laughs> <for you. laughs> yeah, yeah. Usually you have to be on Patreon for that. Mm. But. <laughs> so there you go. Amazing. I'm glad you both liked it. I fucking eleven loved out it. of ten. Thank you. Now I'm gonna go last and suck ass. <laughs> Better be good. Yeah, yeah, you set us up now. Oh shit! All right, we're gonna take a break. Go, go hydrate. Go touch grass for a bit. We'll be back in a minute.
they turn into his wife and he's mm. happy about it. <laughs> Nor like those dreams where his dear old mom dies, leaves him the car finally, and he moves in with Flo from those progressive commercials. And then goes <laughs> ham on her the only way he knows how. <laughs> what is the only way he knows how? Yeah, well, let's, not, that let's not ask questions we don't want the answers to. <laughs> yeah, he's right. These were nightmares of unfathomable shape. He dreamed of murders, monsters, psychopaths, and killers. Eldritch abominations breaking through our paper-thin reality and driving the entire world mad. Of gurgling monstrosities for which there were no names. And all under a blood-red moon. Ah, my favorite moon. (laughs) At first he blamed his nightmares on years and years of undiagnosed mental illness. Hmm. Or maybe drinking uncontrollably at pretty much every waking moment. Mm-hmm. This feels oddly directed at me. <laughs> That'll do it. <laughs> maybe even his mother's recent obsession with binge watching Friends. Oh. <laughs> oh my god. God, did he ever fucking hate David Schwimmer. <laughs> no wonder that dude's career dried up the instant he wasn't on this godforsaken sitcom any longer. <laughs> Suspension of disbelief is impossible when you have this human garbage bag sucking <laughs> face with Jennifer Aniston? What? <laughs> and he's a massive homophobe in the show. Yeah, exactly. That's right. Well, yeah, the 90s, so, mm, you yeah. know. She wouldn't even fuck Flinch in his dreams, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Still, the nightmares continued, and he began to feel them seeping into his everyday life. He could no longer loiter at the YMCA waiting to steal people's business casual clothing from their lockers like he used to. <laughs> there was just no joy left in it. <laughs> so he'd gone on a search across the United States. Well, from Jersey down a little ways. He's not made out of money, you know. <laughs> Motel 8 ain't $8 anymore, goddammit. Motel 8! And let's face it, no hitchhiker is picking off picking up Pavlov Filch. True, true. That's how you die. (laughs) He found himself perusing through the bookshelves upstairs in Section G of the Cabell County Public Library in the heart of Huntington, West Virginia. Oh, hey! (laughs) The books were neat and all, probably full of words and shit, Flinch assumed. (laughs) But that wasn't why he was here. He'd gotten a tip from a fortune teller woman who was appropriating the fuck out of one of those Eastern European peoples that it's still oh. culturally acceptable to do that to for some reason. How dare they? <laughs> she was dead on the money with that info, at least. Here, sitting on shelf 16, row 8, was a small leather-bound journal slipped between two non-fiction books about West Virginian history. Flinch slid it out and drew his Cheeto-dusty fingers across the once-clean cover lettering. Nice. The Journal of Kayla S. Hunter, Marshall University, 1999. He thumbed through it quickly, weighing in his mind whether he absolutely had to read it or not. Most of the pages of the journal had been ripped out before one date and after it. The journal was honestly only a dozen pages long maximum, with a bevy of blank pages at the end. He grunted to himself, fuck, I guess he had to read. God damn it. (laughs) This is like... This is very... Yeah, yeah, yeah. He set down crisscross applesauce in the middle of the row. (laughs) He's like a kindergartner. And flipped to the first page with writing on it. And at a third grade level, he began to read. (laughs) December 20th, 1999. I can't talk to anyone about this. Hell, nobody's going to believe me either way. 
It's been a week now, and everything's back to normal like nothing ever happened, and I can't live like this, pretending whatever happened didn't happen. The town of Buffalo Creek isn't just gone. It never existed. How in the hell does a town just stop existing? <laughs> Alright, let me get my bearings here. I think I'm going to tear this journal up and just leave this part. This is the only part that really matters. I need someone out there to know what I've been through and why I'm going down the path that I am. I guess it'll be business as usual for everyone else forever. <laughs> My dad works as a conductor for the CXO Railroad, so he was overjoyed when I told him I was going to Marshall for an engineering degree. <laughs> he was less thrilled when I asked him for a night shift job at the Buffalo Creek Rail Depot. <laughs> it was just until I graduated and could get a real job, and it was the only job I could think of where I wouldn't be robbed constantly working a night shift. Big shout out to 7-Eleven on 5th Avenue. Probably after their <laughs> sixth robbery this week as I write this. Damn, fuck you, 7. That's uh, 100% true, by the way. So, I figured it was, yeah. He was worried about me. Rail depots aren't really the known spot that young black college girls hang out safely on much, most nights. I knew that as well as he did. But it would look damn good on a resume when I applied to any railway, railway engineering jobs. Well, better than drink slinging at Pecker's Barwood, anyway. <laughs> Is yes, Pecker's real? Yes, that's a real bar in Huntington, West Virginia. You can Wicked. look that shit up. I'm serious. We had a knockoff Woody Woodpecker for a mascot, and it was super assaulty in there. Oh wow! <laughs> we're getting a oh we're getting a deep dive into Jeff's psyche here. Yeah. 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 Anyway, and I wrote that. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I've been working there for two years at this point and used uh, most nights to work on my final engineering project proposal when I wasn't doing the quick rounds as per my security officer title. Even during those, I mostly just kicked rocks around and listened to my CD player when it wasn't skipping every time I fucking breathed the wrong way. <laughs> Dude, put anti-skip on. Yeah, that works. <laughs> Nothing interesting had happened in my entire two-year stint as a security guard. I've caught three couples trying to bone in the brush at the back of the junction. One of them was the star quarterback and the lead actor playing Romeo in the Huntington High production. He was mm. drinking somebody else's poison that night, if you know what I mean. <laughs> oh, he was sucking a dick. I think they're married now, which is more than I can say for most other rail car fornicators. <laughs> I found a hatchet once and thought maybe there was a murderer about, and my job was fun for all of about ten minutes, until I called it into my supervisor and he told me it was his, oh. and it was for <laughs> chopping wood like a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> all in all, it's the most boring job you could imagine, or it was anyway. Around midnight on the 13th, I started hearing the sound of a distant train whistle. If you grew up in WV, this isn't the most uncommon thing to hear in the night, but there's always something a little haunting about it. The problem this time is I was sitting in the main office of the train depot where any train would be heading to. <laughs> and not a single locomotive was due to come through until 6.14 a.m. I sat there for quite a bit trying to figure out where that sound could have come from, but eventually I bundled up and stood out on the glassed-in observation deck behind the hospitality desk to see if I could see anything in the distance. The instant I looked down towards the entrance gate at the side of the roundabout, there was just a train there already. What? Moving slowly toward the train yard, lumbering slower down the tracks than anything I'd ever seen, to be honest with you. The fact that the two gigantic metal double gates to the train yard were closed 
made this almost like watching a disaster play out at half speed. But the train was barreling down at it. Somehow I could tell it was going way faster than it looked. Wow. I ran inside the pavilion and grabbed the announcement intercom radio and started screaming into it at the top of my lungs. Stop! Stop! You're gonna hit the fence! It's reinforced into the concrete under it! You're gonna crash! (laughs) I hunkered down behind the desk, waiting for the sound of steel exploding and keeping my head down in case of shrapnel, but it just never came. Just the sound of a train powering into the station roundabout, clicking onto a maintenance rail, and slowing to a dead stop at the end. I was more than a little confused. I would have described it as butt-fuckingly, in fact. (laughs) (laughs) Butt-fuckingly confused. I walked back out onto the observation deck and stared slack-jawed down at an ancient-looking gray steamer passenger train parked there. Cool. It was spewing its noxious smoke from undercarriage to steam pipe. This thing looked like it had been ripped from a basement virgin's hands in the depths of this electric train collection and just inflated up to life size. Don't fret. I'm sure the virgin has something else he's adept to do with his hands in his grandma's basement all day. Nintendo 64 exists. You thought, you perverts. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I said eat (laughs) Pop-Tarts. I stood there dumbfounded for what felt like an age before I finally noticed that the passenger cars in this train weren't empty. As Uh, a matter of fact, uh, they were absolutely filled to the brim. Inside, they were row after row of people standing packed shoulder to shoulder, not moving an inch even though the train had come to a full stop. I tried to crane my head around this way or that way to peer out the windows, but I just couldn't get a good look into the train car. I suddenly remembered protocol and somewhat shakily walked back to the front office and picked up the old peach-colored dial tone phone from the desk (laughs) and quickly dialed my supervisor's number. What in the hell are you doing calling me at one in the morning, Kayla? I'm trying to do meth and watch Popeye cartoons in peace, like any respectable member of society. Oh my god. He yelled through the garble of the landline at me the instant he picked up. (laughs) A, uh, A train just pulled in, Martin. I sputtered out. There was a long pause before he responded with a resounding screaming, What in the fuck are you talking about? I've barely rotted any of my teeth on this shit. I can't be too fucked up to understand yet. Man, you guys are roasting your hometown. (laughs) I explained the situation from the beginning to him as best as I could muster into words. I've written hundreds of papers on complex mathematical and physics concepts, but I have no clue how I explained it good enough for this drug-addled divorcee to understand (laughs) that night. He finally got it, though, and told me to go ahead and call the cops, since it may be a stolen train. I was pretty pretty fucking incredulous about this fact, as the outlaw Jesse James hadn't been seen in these parts in at least a fortnight. (laughs) At least a fortnight! But I listened and did what I was told like a good employee. I dialed 911 and the phone rang exactly once before a soft click interrupted the tones. There was a moment of silence that I remember hurt my ear for some reason. And then another harsher click, and a voice came on the line that seemed really out of place on an emergency line. Hello, the voice said plainly but politely. Uh, 
hello? Is this 911? <laughs> I've got kind of uh, an emergency, I guess. I stammered a bit, unsure what the fuck was even going on. <laughs> and what's your emergency? The voice said in an unbefitting chipper tone. Uh, I'm at the Buffalo Creek train depot and an unscheduled train has just pulled into the station carrying a load of passengers. We're not scheduled for another train until after 6 a.m. and it's a coal load train. As a matter of fact, we only get two passenger trains a week through here for maintenance, so it's all around kind of strange. My supervisor told me to call you because the train might be... Uh, I choked on my words a bit here, realizing how fucking stupid this had to sound to anyone who wasn't ten Popeyes deep, smoking cleaning supplies in his underwear. Holy shit. Uh, stolen. Oh, I see. Just sit tight, dear. I'll be there momentarily. And the line uh, went dead. No, no dial like tone, this. no hang-up sound, no nothing. Just dead silence. I pressed down the top of the phone a few times. Still dead silence. I stepped back out onto the observation deck and stared out the window at the still smoking but totally stationary train and its passengers below. The people inside looked almost like mannequins, honestly. That's where my mind kept going. They aren't moving at all. They look so pallid and stiff. They were definitely just store dummies. <laughs> I happened to peek. That's even creepier. I happened to peek up at the sky for a moment to let out a heaving sigh when the clouds parted above me. I don't remember hearing or reading anything about it coming, but there, dangling lower than I'd ever seen, closer than I'd ever seen, was the moon, blood red, and illuminating yes. the entire clearing of the train yard in scarlet light. Josh's favorite moon. Yeah. I snapped my neck back down to the train below just as the doors finished opening along the sides of the passengers' cars. From each one of them slowly walked multiple lines of people in lockstep, shuffling from heel to heel like in a daze, like propelled by destination and not by desire whatsoever. I clapped my hand over my mouth to stop myself from reacting, but all I could see was each one of them wearing their Sunday best, wearing white mm. from head to toe. But they were also covered in coal soot, mm. matted in their hair and their clothing and thick poundage. Now, is this just a normal West Virginia thing? No, this, <laughs> is, this is strange. You should know. This is oh, strange. Okay, coal okay. poundage sounds like a porn star. Ooh, <laughs> damn. <laughs> Let me jot that down real quick. <laughs> Black, white, native, Asian. They look like they were from everywhere, but just looking at them, you could tell exactly where they were from. Here. West Virginia. Nobody breathes the black lung air like we do. <laughs> they filed out without any system, seemingly no destination, without a word or a glance between them. A few of them even held hands in couples as they walked, but never looked at anything except the ground below them. Their heads hung and moved as a pendulum as they walked on. I was transfixed. I couldn't take my eyes off of them. Ding, ding, ding! The bell at the front of the hospitality desk pierced me through like a knife, shooting me upright and bringing me back to reality for a moment. But the instant that sound rung out in my ears... Every single one of the shuffling, soot-covered people below stopped dead in their tracks and uh. snapped their heads up to look straight at me. 
Jeff, <laughs> Jeff, this has got big Ghostbusters 2 Titanic I was going to say the energy. Titanic, yeah. Oh, shit, I didn't think of yeah, it. Yeah, that's what I thought, but, too. But like, that terrified me as a kid. Absolutely yeah, I was fascinated by horrified that. horrified me. I didn't yeah. think about that. Um, yeah. Dozens upon dozens of pairs of sunken black eyes focused all on me. I stumbled back away from the window and slammed into a folding chair, knocking it over with a metallic clatter. I turned my eyes away for only an instant to right myself, but when I looked back out the window, they were all just back to shuffling away from the train cars, as if nothing had ever happened. Heads hung low. Ding, ding! I unsteadily made my way back out to the hospitality desk and felt... A sudden, sinking, deeply uncomfortable feeling in my stomach that overwhelmed all previous sense of fear or apprehension. <laughs> the feeling is like when you've just gotten karate kicked in the gut by your younger brother after he finished the 42-hour <laughs> kung fu movie marathon on TMC, and you'd been eating nothing but Taco Bell on a dare from your best friend Alicia who was just trying to get you to fart in front of Tyree at the party tomorrow night because she was in love with him and knew you also had a crush on him. And honestly, Alicia's a backstabbing bitch anyway because she tongue-kissed Chad Thompson. And you called dibs on him at the Spring Fling last year anyway, but she's such a fake bitty that she didn't even care about the pinky swear you made over Christmas break. Damn, this is very specific. That kind of deep, painful feeling, we all know. Yeah, that we all relate to. <laughs> Standing in front of the desk was an unusually tall man, dressed completely in black finery with his hands crossed behind his back. He looked somewhat official, with slicked back black hair and a heavy darned woolen black coat over slacks and loafers. But the only pop of color on his entire being was a pair of round-rimmed sunglasses with black with bright red lenses. Yes. His skin was pallid white, and he would not stop smiling. The kind of phony, baloney, corporate smile with absolutely no warmth behind it that showed way too many teeth. Hello, miss. You called 911 earlier about an emergency? How may I address you? His voice really made me uncomfortable for some reason. Something about it seemed too deep for him, or maybe too high? He's a man in black. <laughs> there was something about it, I guess. It's really hard to put into words. Kayla Hunter, uh, you don't look like a cop to me. I was debating on calling 911 on him at this point. I, yeah. I don't really remember why I didn't. Oh, a, a hunter, huh? Just like me. He chuckled a little to himself in a way absolutely no one likes. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, no. No. He spoke in such a chipper voice it would be almost impossible not to recognize him from the phone call earlier. This was the sp- person I'd spoken to before. I'd stake my reputation on it. I'm a representative of, um, the Silverblood Society. We're an organization what? of, uh, like-minded Samaritans who handle this, this sort of problem. sounds bad. <laughs> The police wouldn't be much help for a, uh... He paused for a moment, rubbing his chin with his hand. I could see now he was wearing black woolen gloves as well. Uh, train robbery. (laughs) Oh, uh... By this point, I was feeling kind of delirious. It must have been the adrenaline of the situation kind of draining out of me now that I was finally talking to someone or something, but I couldn't focus on anything. 
I know now I should have called the cops. The real cops. Even against my better judgment, because fuck police and fuck everyone who likes their <laughs> shrimpy dicked, floppy vag bullshit. Yay! <laughs> Ring the ACAP bell. Ding ding. ACAP. Ding 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 ding. But I didn't even think about it then for some reason. I just couldn't focus. Never mind. This kind of thing is sort of our specialty. He nodded to me and turned to walk away. I'm from the area anyway, so I'll take care of it. Mm. Something about him walking out of the room kind of reminded me of one thing, though. Wait, you didn't tell me your name or anything. Don't you want to know what's going on, even? (laughs) Oh, no. I'll be just fine taking care of this on my own. Please do me a... Please do me a favor and stay in here where it's safe, uh, for both of our sakes. <laughs> and he was gone, out the door. Suddenly I remembered how fucked this entire situation was. Like a light bulb had popped on in my brain finally, and I ran down the back stairs of the station and out into the biting cold chill of the night. I barely even noticed it as I ran as fast as I could towards the train. It took me only a few moments of running across the tracks before I realized something that had eluded me as well since I left the building. All of the people from the train were gone. Uh I frantically looked from side to side, and I couldn't see a single one of them any longer. I ran to the front of the train depot, to the other side of the welcome station, all the way across the annex to the edge of the fence to the property. They were there all right. Far beyond the fences, lumbering just as slowly through the woods, their white clothing, even covered in coal dust and soot, almost glowing in the darkness of the woods that surrounded the train yard. Uh Perfectly normal. They were heading towards the town of Buffalo Creek, slowly but surely. I stood there at the fence's edge for what felt like a lifetime, trying to figure out how they had climbed the fence so fast, gotten over the roll of barbed wire at the top down the other side, and continued on so unabated. It could have been minutes for all I know, but it felt so long. Eventually I decided that I had to get onto that train, and I had to find out who the fuck had conducted it into the train yard to begin with. Nah, this is a very bad idea. I'd never seen the person get out of the engine, so for all I knew they were still in there. I set out a sprint this time, the cold night's air burning in my lungs as I ran. When I made it to the engine car, I leapt the distance from the track to the step and latched my hand onto the guardrail in one motion. I don't think I could be that athletic for a billion dollars at this point, but somehow I did it. (laughs) I swung around the open door and landed on the top step onto the engine room, and I can't say I was surprised by what I saw at this point in the night. Crumpled by itself in the middle of the standing area for the conductor was a large red and white robe with an extremely long pointed cap. I was at least thankful this motherfucker wasn't wearing a different color of this shit, but it didn't set my nerves to any setting lower than En Fuego when I saw it. <laughs> it was genu- it is 1999. It was genuinely the most mundane part of the entire night so far, so I decided to reserve judgment until I found the owner of it. I hopped down off the engine and landed into some leftover mud from last week's storm. Just by my luck and my sneakers sunk into it way deeper than I'd imagined when I hit it. Thankfully, these were some shitty old BK Ratch Tech, or I would have shit a brick (laughs) then and there and used it to bash the weirdo in Black's head in myself. At least they weren't the uh, Heelys. (laughs) Were Heelys out by 1999? Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
I wish I could describe the next part better, but I honestly can't. Something leapt at me. Something huge from up above, on top of the engine car or underneath the ceiling, and it sent me careening out of my sneakers and into the mud, head over heels, rolling all the way to the edge of the giant puddle. I struggled as hard as I could to get back up to my feet, to get eyes on what it was, but something gigantic latched around my waist and flung me like a goddamn rag doll through a fucking plate glass window directly into my supervisor Martin's office. What the fuck? I remember my bike slamming into the edge of his desk and rolling out into the floor. You couldn't even imagine the pain if you tried. I just tried. I remember screaming at the top of my lungs as the air left me and clawing around on the floor for anything to protect myself with. I think I picked up a chunk of glass I'd just passed through painfully, and I gripped it hard enough for my own blood to streak down it. There was this... (laughs) There was this clicking sound outside. This warbling, clicking noise that I can't even describe, but it was sickening to my ears. It hurt my eardrums. I could feel myself shaking every time it filtered into the room, and I could feel it's my cricket, muscles. man. <laughs> uh, spoilers, it's not. It's cricket, man. And I could feel my muscles tensing as it got closer and closer. And boom! The door flung open, and Martin stepped through, wearing his uniform and a bathrobe over it for a jacket. His art darted around the room. Fr- his eyes darted around the room frantically, hands on his raggedy old gray head, screaming out at me, "What the fuck did you do? You destroyed my office! Holy shit! You didn't get to." He ran full sprint over top of me and yanked open one of the bottom drawers of his desk. He held up a forty-five pistol in one hand and a gigantic glass jug of moonshine in the other. <laughs> and then began a hootin' and a hollerin' like only the horrific stereotypes of people are capable. <laughs> a hootin' and a hollerin'. Phew. At least you didn't destroy my gun and my hooch, he squilled. <laughs> Something sharp and dripping, soared pretty cleanly through his neck and out the other side, silencing him instantly. Thank God. He dropped the jar of hooch on the floor as the thing sheared upwards through the middle of his head, splitting it in half. I barely even recognized his body hitting the linoleum behind me as I turned my eyes to the doorway. It felt like it filled up the entire room as it came through the door, like breathing itself out into my space. A swirling, faceless torrent of meat and bone encircling a vaguely humanoid form, shifting and undulating into itself to move. It reeled its bladed appendage back into itself, gushing a small waterfall of thick blood onto the floor as the blade pierced back into the middle of its constantly moving body. Oh, Classic cricket, of, man. Of course. A whirling, <laughs> whirling tornado meat saw man. Of course. Why didn't you say so? Yeah. <laughs> I that did. I classic movie man. monster. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember if I screamed. I don't remember if I thought to run. I only remember grabbing Martin's stupid gun and squeezing off every single bullet I could directly into the middle of that thing. 
I may as well have been throwing cotton balls at it. It didn't <laughs> flinch. It didn't even move. It just stood there. Rivers of meat and sinew rolling over each other to form and reform a somewhat human body before fragmenting and sluicing once more. Sluicing! Sluicing is a good word. Holy shit. When it did finally move, I did scream. I remember thinking even that searing, white-hot moment of primal fear that I didn't know I could scream that loud. Its midsection sprung in half for a moment, and it stopped, bending forward as if it was caving in on itself. And then, I kid you not, a fucking sword. Like a goddamn fucking knight sword from Excalibur and shit. Sprung out of the place where its stomach should have been. Then caught fucking fire <laughs> and not just normal fire but straight up blue and white fire that ate the thing from the inside out burning it like napalm from its core to where its skin should have been yes the thing burned away right in front of me filling the room with a putrid stink i'd never experienced in my entire life worse than any taco bell could produce <laughs> <laughs> And standing behind it, holding the sword out in front of him like King fucking Arthur, was the man in black from before, who smiled just as chipperly and disingenuously at me as ever. <laughs> he withdrew the sword and stepped back, placing a case from his back onto the floor between us. I didn't even remember him carrying a case. <laughs> I sat there dumbfounded as he unclipped the case and opened it up, revealing a bunch of bubbling fucking green ooze inside of it. I'm talking like Nickelodeon gack over an open fucking fire. <laughs> just bubbling and boiling like a goddamn witch's brew. And he just dropped the whole sword inside of it, slapped it closed, snapped the latches, and slung it back over his back, as if that wasn't the cherry on top of the wildest shit I'd ever seen Sunday I'd just lived. <laughs> <laughs> he smiled at me for a long moment of silence and then reached inside of his jacket, pulled out a small card, and handed it to me. I shakily took it, barely even registering what I was doing. Look me up sometime if you're interested <laughs> in this type of thing. Usually, people don't survive the first one. <laughs> I don't even remember watching him leave. I just looked down at the black business card he just handed me and squinted out to make the gold make out the gold lettering on it. All it said was a name. Indrid Cold. Yeah. I came back a couple of days later to pick my shit up after I quit. Of course I quit. <laughs> you know what the kicker was? Martin was there. Alive and well. He talked like Martin, smelled like Martin, not great. What? He even dressed like Martin, wearing a robe over his uniform. <laughs> but it wasn't him. His office looked immaculate. Even his jar of hooch was in the bottom drawer. And there wasn't a speck of blood anywhere. Oh. I watched the news like a hawk to see if anything had ever happened to the town of Buffalo Creek once all those people made it through the woods to get there. Nothing ever came up. I tried to Yahoo search. You know what I found? <laughs> There is no town on Buffalo Creek. There never has been. What? Now tell me why in the fuck there had been one there my entire life before that night. No one remembers it even fucking existing. 
My friend Valerie is from there. She grew up there her entire life, and she thinks I'm nuts every time I mention it. She says she lives on Buffalo Creek. There's never been a town there. Dude. So I write this, and I leave it here in hopes that someone like-minded will find it. Someone courageous enough to follow me down the rabbit hole <laughs> and find out what the fuck is going on out there at night under the full red moon. Someone with the wit and the stomach to deal with what I've dealt with. If that's you, look me up in the Marshall University directory. I'm sure I'll have more info than this by then. Because I'm going out there alone for now. And I'm going to find out what this silver blood society actually is. Yeah! Signed Kayla S. Hunter. Marshall University, 1999. Pavlov Flinch closed the small leather-bound journal and tucked it into his overcoat surreptitiously. He turned to walk away, but stopped, turning back and quickly snatching a book called Human Sexuality and Taboos off the adjacent <laughs> shelf and shoved it deep within his overcoat as well. <laughs> you ever wonder how the fuck they just put shit in there in movies? The pockets inside those coats are usually pretty small, but people be putting fucking TVs in there and shit. What's up with that? Anyway... <laughs> Flinch walked out the double doors at the front of the Cabell County Public Library and stood there on the street corner in the early evening air. The smell of mediocre-ass spaghetti that's been around long enough for people in this town to all agree to pretend it's good for some reason permeated the air from oh, Jim's man. spaghetti down the street. <laughs> Jim's so fucking spaghetti. true. And the sound of ballet class muffled through basement windows filtered out over the sounds of traffic and conversations on the street level. Some jack-off on a mountain bike wearing full Livestrong regalia holds up traffic for a half a mile behind him because he refuses to use the goddamn bike lane. <laughs> People enjoy a nice pepperoni roll in this trying time. This is Huntington. Flinch turned his eye down the long street towards the rising buildings in the distance, flagged by large posts that had green flags fluttering in the wind, even visible from this distance. Marshall University. He shoved a whole weak hole donut directly into his gullet, smearing the pink frosting over the side of his mouth, and then he started walking. The end. Man. Wow. That was great. There's a Fuck mystery. Fuck you guys. <laughs> Fuck There's you guys. There's a mystery guys. afoot, folks. I like that you're uh, establishing some new potentially ongoing characters because it feels like they're ongoing they are i mean they're these are horror stories so we don't know how ongoing they will be yeah yeah (laughs) jeff you're a better writer than stephen king (laughs) thank you stephen stephen prince more like yeah stephen (laughs) not the king anymore stephen jack (laughs) stephen two of hearts Um, I think we're going to get that bit when Josh starts editing that he and I, our sound levels drop off and don't don't say anything for like ten there's whole minutes. So, there's so many things I liked. Like, like I love the diary mm-hmm. conceit. I love the injured cold reference. Yep. I love that shit. Uh, I thought maybe you would go a little Mothman, and you did a tiny bit. Well, actually, but not really. I went a lot of bit. Ooh. Did you? Because uh, if if you go back and uh, watch the Mothman prophecies, 
or listen yeah. or like read the Mothman prophecies. Yeah. Right. The man on the phone uh, calls himself Indrid Cold. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. the part of the the story. Yeah. And the man on the phone is the Mothman, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, it's <laughs> supposed to be. A, yeah. Yeah. Hence, it's confusing. Hence, I mean, that's the big hint. He wears the the gigantic round red lens sunglasses. Yeah. Dude, I love so it. good. I loved it. I thought it was so good. So we, we got two mysteries afoot here. Hope, there were clues dropped throughout this story for how things are going to connect later. Well, the moon is one of them. Yes, the blood red moon. There's always the moon. moon. Uh, what else? There, uh, there was... Uh, I'll, I'll leave it up to you guys to find the rest. But oh, uh, the, the Silver Blood Society is going to be important. The blood red moon is going to be important. And there is a third thing that's very important in the story. Taco Bell. (laughs) Yeah, Taco Bell is the true villain at the end of the story. (laughs) This episode's brought to you by Taco Bell. Uh, Cheesy Gordita Crunch is back. (laughs) (laughs) What were you going to say, Rich? I was was going to say I like that Filch is... uh, Flinch. Filch is a much more disgusting word. It's because it's so disgusting. But I like that he is finding his feet a little bit there's something something i was gonna say something a foot but i can't say feet and a foot in the same he's sentence. finding his feet something a foot foot yeah. fetish <laughs> he's in confirmed um, i would i would imagine he's into all the weirdest things that you can imagine but i like mostly him, the toes i like him being the driving force for it when he's such a shit <laughs> yeah like he's just stumbling across yes this shit like absolutely this this like high magical society, and he's just like casually fucking eating a donut while he's reading about it. <laughs> yeah, that's great. I yeah, it was great. I wanted I to like. I I will say that like when trains came up, the first mm-hmm. thing I remember is when I was really little. I lived uh, up on a hill in a town that was across uh, like a highway from a train depot. Yeah, and so all hours of the night, I would hear like the lonesome call of the ghost the train. train. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the ghost train. Yeah, the ghost train. And I was like, yeah. "Well, I have to set this in West Virginia." Yeah, like because yeah. the the sound of that whistle echoes off the mountains and yeah. it's haunting as fuck. It's creepy, no matter what. You probably heard it when I was pissing. There was I a did. train. Yeah, I did hear yeah. that. We there, made a couple jokes about. We that. did in my in my old house where I used to live. It was kind of in the country, and I remember hearing like motorcycles like like kawasaki's at mm-hmm. night and i thought that was creepy because it was so far away and it would oh, always yeah. be like two in the morning and you're like who the fuck is riding a kawasaki at like two in the morning you know what i, I mean I, like, think the, I think the thing that really got me about the train whistles besides like the echo off the mountains was it happened at midnight every yeah night. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and midnight's the witching hour I I used, yeah, it's when the witches do their sex magic. <laughs> I used to live, um, when I lived with my parents, lived in a council estate that was on the back of a, to the back of our house was a was a, a railway. It was like a siding. So the trains always used to stop right outside, almost like 100 metres away from my bedroom window. And oh when God. they start again, like, you what you can't help but wake up to that. That sort of, like, undulating... <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, and that, yeah, that like yeah. gradually fast, um, yeah. like that 
speeding up pattern. Like it's, it's very spooky. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'm glad we all lived near spooky railways. <laughs> yeah, we got that connection now. Shape. There's something about them that's weird, yeah. right? Like they're just a. It's a weird anachronistic kind of way of travel. Mm-hmm. You know, like who the fuck uses a train, right? Like public transportation is one thing, but like a train going through the middle of nowhere yeah. is creepy as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we can't rob them anymore. Those days are over. So we'll just be creeped yeah, out speak, by them. Speak for yourself. I think that's the that's the thing about it, isn't it? The sort of like desolation of like yeah, where because you, you instantly think of steam train, you think of old west. That's what yeah. You also, think. like I always think of like the engineer. It's just him yeah. at the front of this long like line of cars, and like and he, he doesn't even know what's ske- going he's a on. Yeah. No. yeah, and he's, he's a skeleton, but he doesn't even know what's going on, like, on his own vehicle, you know what That's I mean? True. Like, it's so long, it's just, we, dude, it's crazy. I, I, I may have mentioned this on M-Class, I don't know if I mentioned it here, like, uh, trains would go, like, back and forth on the tracks across the road, like, all the time, so we would use them to go to the next town over. We would all jump yeah, on you the back of the trains and ride yeah. to the next town. That's I, some Americana the fucking Norman outsiders. Rockwell shit. S.E. <laughs> <laughs> Hinton, right, your life? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I will say, when that train rumbled into the station, I know I said it, but go- massive Ghostbuster 2 vibes. I instantly got this sort yeah. of like, is it going to be green? Are the passengers going to shuffle off and be like they really stumbly? Um, I completely forgot that part from Ghostbusters 2. I'm a hag. But that no, is, no, no, that's no. Because no, no. you did it so differently, but it's instantly it made me think of something that scared me as a child, which I yeah, I mean, it's, it, I'm really glad you said that because I thought the same thing, and it freaked me out as a kid too. And like I didn't even really fully understand nope. like what the Titanic was, but yes. I knew it was creepy. Yeah. I was like, this is fucking weird, right? There is something inherently scary about vehicular catastrophes. Because they sort yeah. of like sit outside of our control if you're a passenger, mm-hmm. and I think that like the Titanic, like any sort of train accident or anything like that, it's just inherently spooky and sort of like I think because statistically it could probably happen at any time, right? Like a plane crash, like when a plane goes missing or something yeah. like that, it's just terrifying. The thought of it is just terrifying. So yeah, well done. It's like very final yeah, destination, right? Yeah. Like it's like you're fated to die. Yeah. It's fucked up. That is a, a scary thought whenever you're on a train or uh-huh. a plane or whatever. Yep. Because um, st- yep. statistics only matter to the individual, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll live forever, so. <laughs> true. Josh is a golden god. He's died yeah. three times already, so, you know, at yeah, this point, like, what's the point in killing him? It's not a big deal. Like, you'll get over it. <laughs> um, so, Pavlov Flinch will return... Kayla Hunter will return. Uh, Indrid Cole will return. Uh, Huntington, West Virginia will return. Oh, uh, fuck. I love that you're writing like about where you're from. I think there's a love-hate there yeah, that is yeah. really oh, cool. I, I absolutely love Huntington, West Virginia. It's I just love to poke fun at the uh-huh. parts yeah. of it that are silly as well. Yeah. Like. Uh, my description of the street and everything, you could tell me this. <laughs> yeah. But um, also the town of Buffalo Creek. I Question mark? I <laughs> also really like that all three of us now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to suck around dicks because I don't care. Yeah, um, suck them off. Uh, I like that we've all got 
our own universe is going on and we're only six episodes in. Well, it's I kind of cheated. Yeah, I, Josh, yeah, but you, you're continuing the universe. universe going. Yeah, yeah, but I cheated. But none of that, as always. none of that stuff matters from before. Like you know, you've just started it again. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's a whole new, it's a whole new era. Thing. That's right. <laughs> like, could you could even call it the next generation? Ooh, you, could yeah, you could call it that. Mm. I mean, mm. don't know because you'll probably get sued by CBS or something. <laughs> don't get Paramount's already like. Oh, it's these M-Class kids. Yeah, again. you're on a watch list. Well, who owns Degrassi the next generation? Because <laughs> Canada. They can get away with it. You can get away with it. Canada owns it. Great Just story, them, Tell yourself, tell them you're Canada. That's fine. CBB. <laughs> Canada Broadcasting Business. Yeah, that's exactly uh, what it is. Human sexuality and taboo will come back. <laughs> I hope so. A Jew self. Do you remember that one? Due no. South, what? the story, the story about the the show about the Mountie who went to to America. <laughs> Do you not nah, remember this? Man. Was this just no. a thing that showed on BBC? No, we don't have that crap here. Oh, you're probably better <laughs> off. It was fucking awful. We had like Northern Exposure, yeah, which was about Alaska. You know, interesting things. <laughs> it's Damn, always Canada, great. suck a dick. <laughs> I was being sarcastic. Alaska fucking sucks. Yeah, it's true. That's very true. Uh, great story, dude. Thank yeah. you. Thank you it very was really much. great. I, I genuinely, I, I can't stop myself from just getting too absorbed in it. And any noise I feel like I'm making is just kind of like to let everyone know I'm still alive. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It sucks me in and sucks me off. Mm-hmm. Well, mission accomplished. Mission accomplished. Oh, well done. I mean, we can't go any further than that. We're going to go on a break now. Yes. <laughs> That's it. That's it. We'll see you in a few minutes. Bye. If you wanna, yeah. if you wanna name yeah. Jeff's cryptid, uh, yeah. give us some suggestions. I think he should be called the Sluicer. Oh, the Sluicer oh, is gross. That is horrific. I like that. That's yeah. really cool. Um, um, we're gonna get three hundred responses of people saying Cricket Man now. Someone's gonna say, no. I hope you're happy. Someone's, Someone's gonna, gonna say, say Jortsman or something. Jortsman. Yeah, frog, frog and socks man. <laughs> Jortsman. Johnny Jortsman. Joe Jortsman. <laughs> I do, I do love it when fans make up their own unfunny jokes, so we don't have to make them up for them. <laughs> well, we do such a good job of being unfunny, yeah, so. Yeah. Speaking you know. of unfunny, who's doing oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, lay it on me, boys. Uh, Josh, why don't you be yeah. gayless this week with another fantasy The tale story? of Cricket Man. <laughs> Cricket Man. Cricket Man and Hat Man, summer vacation. Go. <laughs> Uh, well, now I wish I wrote that story, so give me, like, five minutes and I'll bang that one out. No, my story is called The Flamingos. (laughs) 
I'd like to remind everyone that our topic is trains and heists. <laughs> I think mine's the most train and heisty of the stories. Ooh. I don't doubt that. But it's called The Flamingos. The pitch black night of Daranos was ripped asunder as a loud crackling of magic power ripped apart the fabric of space and time. In its place, a pink portal that was Georgia O'Keefe-esque materialized. <laughs> like, I mean, it was pink and everything. Like, come on, man. That's a vagina. I'm not just seeing shit here. This isn't one of those things where you're like, hmm, is that a vagina? Nah, bro. This had to be on purpose. <laughs> Out of the Einstein Rosen pussy emerged four figures. <laughs> <laughs> emerged four figures clad in all black ninja geese wearing ma- masks to cover their face. Ah, man, I can't believe our intel was- on this job was so bad, said a regular sized human sounding male. <laughs> he tossed a bag with what. what <laughs> he tossed a bag with. What was a Daranosian version of a dollar sign on it onto the floor as he sat on a shabby, beat-up old couch that must have been filled with, like, a million farts? It's a dollar sign, but it's a cool S instead. Like a it's the, oh, oh, fuck, that's, that's amazing. amazing. Also, this oh is my the God. third appearance of a couch full of farts. <laughs> There's so many, so many bad couches. It's one of my phobias. I understand wholeheartedly. <laughs> you know, like when you sleep on a bad couch. Yeah. And like, oh, God, this sucks. Oh, this smells just like the inside of a beehole. Yep, yep. Uh, Duncan had been leading this crew for over a decade, and never had he had a heist go this <laughs> stupidly before. And he was a part of the heist to steal the enchanted jade of incompetencia, a jewel that made any bear fucking dumb as fucking fuck. <laughs> Joey's gonna hear about this, said a short round dwarf as he too tossed a sack onto the ground. We're normally, we're normally a clattering of and jingling of coins and jewels and like candlesticks and shit could be heard. Only a loud thud could be heard and a single cantaloupe rolled out, rolled out of the sack. I can't believe he had us rob a food bank, said a small gnomish woman as she threw down a really cute gnome-sized sack that only had like pears and grapes in it. You know, because gnomes are small. Right after, her twin brother popped through the portal as it shut behind him. He threw his satchel <laughs> against the wall as he sat down on the fart couch with Duncan. He said bank, Duncan said. <laughs> oh, no, sorry. Wrong character. <laughs> Too many characters. He said bank, Duncan said, rubbing his temples. Peppercorn, <laughs> did you manage to steal, like, anything of value? Like, maybe some silverware or someone's <laughs> gold teeth or gold donger, Duncan pressed. <laughs> Pepper, Peppercorn began to rub his tiny gnome temples, almost as if Duncan had afflicted him with some kind of rubbing temples disease, which is an actual thing that can happen here. People rub all kinds of stuff down to the nub. It's not just an urban legend. You can actually rub off your peener. Oh, my God. I'm living proof ah. that that's not true. That's true, yeah. Well, in our world, it's true. But Also, Peppercorn... Fucking incredible name for a gnome. I don't know if I stole that from something, I, but I, I might have. I don't know. I thought you were so fucking incredible. You made it. That'd come from because I. Th- Who knows? Who knows? Oh, maybe. Man. I don't know. It's been like ten years. <laughs> <laughs> it's been like six episodes. I have no idea. 
Ah, no, Duncan, I only got these tomatoes, Peppercorn said angrily as he gestured to his wet, soggy bag of tomatoes (laughs) that were more bruised than their collective egos. (laughs) Suddenly, the all-sea ball began to flash, and a ghostly apparition began to accumulate around the ball, forming into the likeness of another human-looking person. Duncan stood up. (laughs) Joey, you really fucked us on this one, dog, he said, holding up a sack full of dick-shaped gourds. <laughs> like all warty, like after you, pl- like after I plowed your mom's gourd gourd field last night with my dick shaped dick. Jesus Christ! <laughs> gourd field might be the worst euphemism I've ever heard. A lot of, a lot of vagina <laughs> references this week. It's very true. <laughs> hey, hey, calm down there, Big D. <laughs> I, I didn't. I didn't know you were so picky about which jobs you know uh, actually pay you. Joey said as he held up a coin purse and jingled it <laughs> like dogs to a dinner bell. All four looked at the bag and almost salivated. But if you're not into, uh, I guess uh, you could get rid of the evidence and uh, not get paid. Joey trailed off as he put the purse into his pocket. <laughs> uh, no, said Chickpea <laughs> reflexively Chick-pea. as she. St- <laughs> As she stood up, almost salivating at the sweet, fuckable gold. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll transfer you the loot, Duncan interrupted as he held up his hand to calm everyone. <laughs> Good, because uh, little Joey Pizza Jr. is having his fifth birthday party, and I'm making a life-size troll pizza for him with olives for eyes. It's going to be great. That's adorable. <laughs> you had us do a job so you could make a pizza? Gunk said as angrily as his dwarven axe, as he threw his dwarven axe into the floorboards. Duncan again held his hand out to calm Gunk. Uh, hey, have you guys decided to change your name? I mean, <laughs> what's wrong with the flamingos? Peppercorn said, narrowing his eyes. It's majestic. It's a majestic mythical bird that turns pink from eating shrimp. Everyone can respect that. <laughs> you know, maybe you get better jobs if you, uh, you know, had a better name is all. Like the Gabagools or the Pizza Cutters or like, I'm just spitballing here, the Pompadours. <laughs> Those are the three things Italians know. <laughs> Our name is fine, Duncan said. What we what we really need is better jobs. Fine, fine. I got a I got a new job for you. <laughs> Seeing as you guises is the only outfits left not dead or in custody, I think you may be perfect for it. Perfect. <laughs> what are we stealing this time? Chickpea said starca- sarcastically. My client wishes to keep this one uh, fairly anonymous on account of him being, let's say, larger than life figure in the public <laughs> sphere of how you say, influence. <laughs> Joey said, I wonder what motions he's making. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? I'll scroll you the details. There's a time factor here, so you need to be very, how you say, on time, Joey said, making air quotes. That's, that's how air quotes, not how air quotes work. Isn't it, Joey said, making air quotes, emphasizing it. What? Gunk looked around at the others. 
In the meantime, here's your cut. Joey held out his hand and a small portal opened into the room where a sack of coins dropped onto the floor, followed by a sealed <laughs> scroll with the signet of the pizza family on it, which was that one picture of a chef guy on pizza boxes doing that air kiss thing. <laughs> That's genius. <laughs> deliver the goods to the kitchen, chickpea. Yeah, yeah, I'll deliver your goods to the kitchen, you pizza-loving stereotype fuck. <laughs> she said under her breath. <laughs> she made a large portal and the crew heaved the vegetable sacks into the space hole. Cut to! Ooh, direction. Ocean's, nice. Ocean's Eleven, Steven Soderbergh, transitions of gnomes <laughs> hiding their plans and crossword puzzles and people wearing sunglasses in the day and night and gunk <laughs> drinking too much and pissing himself? So cool. So cool. A few weeks later... Around the hideout, strings and pictures and plans were laid out like this was your Republican uncle's Thanksgiving Day drunk talking points. Jesus Christ, this got way too real way too fast. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Rich, Thanksgiving is a holiday we have where we eat turkey. Shitsmas. It's like shit, it's like pre-Christmas. Yeah, Thanksgiving is a holiday we have where we sit down and we Mm -hmm. thank uh, the turkeys that we aren't British. I think yeah, the, yes. the, the turkeys do too. <laughs> Thank you, turkeys, for defending us. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, well, they would just be made into some brown <laughs> fluid. I was just about to say that. Anyway. Beat <laughs> <laughs> you to it. We're gonna need a fifth, Peppercorn said, smoking a corn cob pipe and blowing out a smoke <laughs> ring of a perfect pair of double D hangers. Nice. I might know a guy, Duncan replied, slamming his fist down, <laughs> then it immediately cutting to, cut to! <laughs> Another montage of Ocean's Eleven transitions of them getting into a bone car. A slow-mo of them getting out of the bone car and taking off their sunglasses. Our guy is here, Chickpea said, scrunching her nose up. Smells like a dog man died inside of a pile of troll barf and then shit himself as he death rattled releasing his bowels. Jesus. <laughs> in front of them stood a large amount of nothing. A desert. But also in the desert was a large gladiator arena. <laughs> Not one of the fancy ones you'll find in Grawl. This one was clearly black market gamblers and fighters down on their luck trying to make some fast coin. And since they're fighters, they're probably too ugly for prostitution. I mean, I'm not judging, but not everyone is cut out for the sexual martial arts. As the gang entered a fierce... As the gang entered, a fierce battle was taking place. A large human male was beating an orc's face in with a steel chair. The metallic... The metallic smell of blood and urine was overpowering. Some of the crowd cheered as each hit landed, spraying blood all over the human's beard, and others hid their faces in their hands, not out of horror, but out of disappointment their fighter was getting his face literally caved in. Ding, ding! And the winner and still undefeated champion of the wasteland, Fred the Skull Peeler! No, he's back! The announcer held up Fred's bru- Fred's bruised hand, which was covered in red. This guy? Gunk questioned. Look, Gunk. Duncan knelt down beside his longtime friend. 
I know you're the muscle around here, but let's be honest. You've been hitting the flagon a little <laughs> hard lately, and we might need a little extra help on this one. <laughs> I'm as fit as ever, you skinny rod sucker! <laughs> Gunk shouted as he ripped off his curious and flexed his dwarvenly toned muscles. Honestly, he was still pretty cut. Dude was pushing like 70, and he clearly worked out. <laughs> hey there, dwarf daddy. A fellow dwarf patron winked and sipped his flagon. Still got it, Gunk said, winking back. <laughs> this guy has a rep for being brutal, Duncan went on. So how is it we can afford him, Peppercorn asked. A very good question. <laughs> He's a... Uh, not exactly in the right state of mind. Something happened to him. He's been off the map for a while. Some say he's, uh... Just then, they looked over to see Fred cradling the clearly dead orc and singing him a lullaby. Oh, no! Insane, chickpea fish. <laughs> the crew made their way around to the dressing room area. Is that what they call the place where gladiators get ready? You know, that place in the movie where that dude pisses on Russell Crowe's leg because he's so scared? Is that a dressing room? Green room? Yellow room? <laughs> Duncan quietly knocked on the door. The uh, Mr. the Skull Peeler? He said softly through the wooden door. The door slid open creakily. On the bed was a sleeping uh, Skull Peeler still with red all over him. Bruises and scars riddled his chiseled cut body. Sweat still glistening off his pecs. His <laughs> veins were bulging. This dude lifts. <laughs> was that his heart beating? No. His pecs were just moving on their own. They must have been... <laughs> he must have been in RPM sleep. Rapid, rapid pec movement. <laughs> He wore a loincloth and not much else. Their eyes followed down his chest to his abs, which weren't a six-pack, nor were they a 12-pack, but a Bud Light cube. <laughs> this motherfucker had 36 reference. ab muscles. <laughs> oh, there's a few more classic references. He's sleeping, Gunk said, obviously. Pack him with something, Chickpea said, sticking out her staff. Suddenly, the giant muscle man shot up. Booby pants, I'll get you this time! He yelled himself awake. <laughs> Each of the flamingos readied themselves, terrified at what was going to happen next. Oh, oh fans, uh, you want an autograph? Fred said, still half asleep. Uh, not really, Duncan said, stepping forward. We're here for a job opportunity, Could you could say. I'm in, Fred interrupted. <laughs> Uh, what you don't even know what we're offering i'm in this i'm in this it's, this story needs to be almost a half an hour so i'm in. fred said as he looked at the camera a painfully awkward amount of seconds went by like this what? what's, his, what's, what's he looking at chickpea whispered let's go fred yelled uh, you've got a little orc on your beard there, Chickpea pointed. Fred looked down and picked a piece of red meat off his face and proceeded to put it in his mouth. Gunk barfed. Peppercorn Aww. vomited into his own mouth, but managed to swallow most of it. What? Fred said. <laughs> it's beef brisket. We had it in the yellow room after the fight. So moist. <laughs> he said, licking his fingers. <laughs> Cut to... <laughs> 
Ocean's Eleven style montage of Fred putting on sunglasses for the first time. Chickpea practicing portal magic. Gunk making slow cooked beef brisket in a gnomish slow cooker. Peppercorn tinkering with a crystal. Dunking looking at feed pics on the all sea ball. Didn't he get the memo we were doing montages today? Oh well, too late to cut it out now. But Duncan, also, Duncan, no. Yeah, we won't kick No, uh, I will. I just did it. I just did it. I'll take Too it late back. to cut it out now. I'll take it back. It's fine. Whatever. You know, it's a it's a rough world. Whatever you got to do to jizz. <laughs> yeah, whatever you did. Soon the crew found themselves on a bridge overlooking ancient tracks. These tracks were of a long-forgotten technology nobody remembers who or when they were devised. These tracks were uh, now one of the only remaining bone train routes that traveled across Theranos. <laughs> All right, we have to time this right, Duncan said, shouting over the wind. Uh, but I don't even see the train, Fred questioned. He looked down the tracks and only saw a few tumbleweeds roll across the desolate reach. One, two, Three, Duncan yelled as they all jumped. Suddenly, Chickpea pointed her staff downward mid-fall and created a portal. The flamingos, one by one, fell through the portal into the caboose of a moving bone train. <laughs> what the fuck? Fred yelled. <laughs> but why have us jump off the bridge if you could just make a portal into the train? Pshaw, Chickpea scoffed. Because, ding-dong, the train was on the tracks. It was just invisible. These trains run all the time, but the paladins hide them so people like us don't go heisting them. <laughs> Lots of wealthy idiots ride these things. Let's go. Let's get to the front. We're running out of time, Duncan said seriously. They all proceeded into the next car. It was pitch black. No windows. No lights. The sensation, the sensation of motion was lessened in the darkness. There was almost no sound. What the hell is this? Skunk whispered, readying his axe. <laughs> I'll handle this, Chickpea said, waving her hand, creating fire. No, wait, Duncan whispered urgently. As the orange firelight hit the edges, uh, hit the edges of the car, it gleamed, it gleamed of uh, off of two black glass orbs. These orbs were embedded into the skull of a giant man bat. <laughs> he hung upside down in the dark. <laughs> this is the bat sleeper car. <laughs> Duncan shout whispered. <laughs> Just then, the bat awoke and shrieked so loudly it shattered the glass in Fred's brand new sunglasses he still was wearing to look cool. Gunk was Gunk wasted. Gunk wasting no time planted his axe right into the man bat's chest cavity. The bat howled and salivated as the pain of the axe rippled through his body. It continued to scream and writhe on the ground until it stopped. And then awoke again. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, the man bat said politely. <laughs> I was having a terrible nightmare. Oh, my. He looked down, noticing the axe. This is yours, I believe, good sir, he said, removing it and handing it back to Gunk. <laughs> you, you should be deader than my third wife's libido, Gunk said in shock. <laughs> Oh, you would think so, but I'm a vampire, so can't be killed by axes, he said. <laughs> Suddenly, Fred walked up behind him and said, No witnesses, and twisted the man back's neck. <laughs> oh, God! Duncan shouted. It's okay, reassured the man bat, who now was talking to the wall as his body faced the crew. <laughs> vampire, can't be killed by broken necks. <laughs> 
let's just uh, let's just go. Pepper said, "Corn." Peppercorn said, looking at a crystal layout of the train. Well, I hope you enjoy your stay on the train. The man bat waved his hand, still talking oh, in the wrong break direction. Break his neck again. His ears so now bleeding. The right way. <laughs> <laughs> Poor man. That, <laughs> that guy was really nice. Gunk said as they entered the next car. This car, unlike the last, was bumping. <laughs> Daranosian techno was pounding <laughs> through the all all speak balls. <laughs> there were there were magical glow sticks, and everyone was basically naked. In fact, everyone was naked, and they were just pounding. The, and they weren't just pounding the dance floor; they were pounding each other. <laughs> the orgy car, Duncan said. <laughs> Click. Quickly, before we get, just as he was about to finish, a naked raver orgy man came up to them. Hey, sweet cheeks, he said to Chickpea. I bet you got, like, double A's. Want to take a ride on the Trent train? <laughs> he said drunkly. Of course your name is Trent, Chickpea said, pushing past him. Hey, where you going, little lady? Trent said, stumbling naked. I have like four drink drink tickets with your name on them. Come have a drink with Trent. Of course his name is Trent. I'm laughing at Trent. You know what, Trent? Chickpea said thoughtfully. I just might. She then took the tickets from Trent. Lead the way, big fella, she said. We don't have time for this, Duncan scolded. As Trent turned around, Chick-Fee slammed her staff onto the floor car. The crystal in the staff glowed red, and she chanted some ancient incantation. Trent grabbed his neck. Then he coughed. He gripped at his neck as if something was tied around it. His body was frozen. His boner was frozen. (laughs) He couldn't move. What have you done to Trent? He said, panicked. Chickpea finished the incantation. Suddenly, all the blood in Trent's body Trent's body was teleported out of himself. The, bu- the blood came crashing down from above like a torrent of horror. His empty, mummified husk was drenched in its own blood. As it hit the floor, people cheered. Way to go, Trent, one dude said laughing. What Trent! Trent, not again, said another. Your game needs work, bro. But nobody really cared because it was... If something someone wasn't getting exsanguinated during an orgy, was it really an orgy? <laughs> yep. Also, fucking yep. excellent use of the word exsanguinated. <laughs> excellent. Duncan looked down at Chickpea disappointedly. What? She said. Free drink ticks. <laughs> Suddenly, Peppercorn's crystal watch went off. We don't have much time. Let's go, he yelled. The, the crew rushed to the front of the train. Peppercorn used some weird metallic-looking crystal device to open the door to the engineer's room. The, the engineer's, engineer's yellow room? room? Is that what it's called? <laughs> the engineer's yellow room? <laughs> Once inside, they saw nobody was there. Nobody is driving this thing, Gunk said, looking out the window for a driver. Uh, These bone trains are portal-driven. They enter various portal switches at various points along the track. Peppercorn explained for the plot. (laughs) What are we doing? We haven't even stolen anything, Fred said, eating some beef brisket he brought along for lunch. 
<laughs> uh, guys? Gunk interrupted. We have a bigger problem. He looked out the front of the train and saw a gaping chasm rapidly approaching with no bridge. Chickpea, you're up, Duncan commanded. Chickpea began to focus her staff crystal glowing bright pink. <laughs> bright, bright pink. Like neon 90s pink. It's the first portal switch, Duncan yells and squinted over the crackling magical power. We're not stealing stuff from the train? We're not stealing stuff from the train, he continued, clapping his hand on Fred's beefy shoulder. <laughs> We're stealing the whole fucking thing. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> Chickpea was now glowing and crackling with lightning. Light shot out of her eyes and mouth as she said the final magical combination of chance. In front of them, a giant gaping crotch-shaped portal emerged right in front of the portal switch point. The train sped through at breakdick speed, and I think the portal moaned a little when it went in. Then, then silence. All right, you motherfucks, are you ready for this shit? A giant dragon yelled into a crowd of people. The crowd roared. <laughs> I love you, Axel! <laughs> An orc yelled, helicoptering his six dicks in appreciation. I see you, brother! <laughs> yelled Axel down at the orc as he threw him a guitar pick. <laughs> this one's off of our latest album, and it's called <laughs> Choo Choo Pain. <laughs> Suddenly, a giant pink vaginal portal opened just as the first beat of the song started. The double bass drum rattled off an impossible combination of beats. Lightning struck all around. A dude in the front row was lighting a joint when he was struck by a pink bolt, instantly dusting the flesh off of his bones, only leaving a charred skeleton with frizzy hair standing with a duber in his mouth. I want that tattooed. Whoa, he said. The train barreled through the crowd, no longer guided by tracks. It flipped and jackknifed. Bodies were flying oh. everywhere. The man bat flew out and impaled himself on the scaffolding <laughs> on, the, on the stage. Ah, it's okay, he said. See? Metal. As he climbed the wing, <laughs> wings against the stage. We're good. I love this man bat. <laughs> <laughs> what a great guy. What a good dude. He just rolls with it. <laughs> Mid-intro solo, Axel the Dragon uh, grabbed the train mid-air and began to nunchuck it around like like the dude from Taking Back Sunday. Or perhaps, if you're older, like Steven Tyler. Although, I guess both of these references are dated as fuck. The Flamingo crew portaled out just in time with Chickpea's help. They stood on stage, stage unscathed, watching in horror. The crowd was going insane. Dudes were headbanging so hard they got vertigo. The skeleton guy was still trying to light his dub-dub. Axel was nunchucking the train so fucking hard, the train was crackling like a whip. There were so many tits flopping in the audience, you could film a Got Milk commercial. Another dated reference. Fred emerged from somewhere with a new brisket baby shirt with brisket stains all over his beard. Beep, beep. Peppercorn's all-see eyeball watch went off. I uh, trust the job is done, Joey Pizza said. We are wife bones. Let's hear it for my crew, Axel yelled to the audience. The Flamingos! (laughs) The audience got super quiet. Crickets chirped. Skeleton guy began to slow clap. Then a big boob troll lady joined. 
Then another dwarf <laughs> slow clapped. The flamingos! Everyone shouted. I love the, the flamingos. <laughs> Dude. I fucking love the flamingos so goddamn much. This might be it my favorite good. story you've ever written. You it think? Oh, man. I love it, it was so, so much. Good. It was goofy as fuck. It was goofy as fuck, but yep. it also introduced yep. me to a bunch of great There's characters. There's not a single character you introduced in that story <laughs> that wasn't great. I love the man bat. Yeah. Yeah, man bat. He's, <laughs> he's just chill, man. He's a chill vampire. Just trying to sleep in the vampire sleeper car. Yeah, please. I, I, I want more of the flamingos in the future, Josh. You gotta bring <laughs> them back. The flamingos will return <laughs> in Justice League. Wait. <laughs> They're replacing Ezra Miller. I mean, Miller. I love that they're all murderers That's and timely reference. Steal, they're, they're better than Ezra Miller. Yeah, yeah but like, well, if you're way, not a murderer in the Darren way it's going to work out, the way it's going to work out is they're yeah. going to replace the guy who played Cyborg. Ezra Miller's still in it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's fucking sad. I hated that. Yeah. Hate that you said that. Mm. I hate oh, that I yeah. said it too. I hate like if you're Warner Brothers true. and you hate know that like Zack <laughs> Schneider is the person who's sticking up for Ray Fisher, then you've got to know you're a shitbag company, right? Yeah, they dude, they they're so shitbag they no. don't know. They just there's no, no. there's no up. No. They don't know what. Yeah, they don't yeah, give a shit know. about being shitbag. Uh, anyway, yeah. it was a great story. <laughs> What a way to end every one of the flamingos. God why damn. would they? They've got. They've They're got never going to change their name. It's too cool. I mean, yeah. Yeah, the Pompadours were was a cool name, but that might already be taken. I'm a big fan of the flamingo, a <laughs> mythical bird that turned pink because it ate too much shrimp. Yeah. What kind of <laughs> fucked up weird animal is uh, that? It's not even real. It's not a real uh, thing. The flamingo. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Great voices, by the way. I'm, I'm uh, especially uh, Gunk was the best character. By the Gunk, Gunk was the best character. Did. Oh, you like the Gunk? Anything about it? He was so <laughs> great. <laughs> I, I do love Gunk, but I think I like. Chick well, P I like Josh's uh, yeah, love Chick Chick P. voice that he yeah. occasionally does for these sorts of characters. <laughs> yeah, was I was channeling yeah. a little t- uh, Tindy. From, yeah, yeah, and LSP. Yeah, Tindy is basically LSP from uh, the other show that I do. Yeah, what show yeah. is that called? <laughs> Pretend Friends. Great. I got yes. it. I, Man, uh, the king. I mean, I know has we said to we us. The king. <laughs> Not that you haven't been in yeah, five he's episodes returned. previous. He's returned. He's returned <laughs> each five times. It's kind of fun. <laughs> It's true. It's kind of fun to just like, yeah, like fan bait everybody. You know what I mean? Just like I'm just gonna write a fucking story uh, with this guy in it. You know, whatever. I know we I said know. we we might have seems to be last, okay. I guess last I don't know. episode. That is... uh, <laughs> do we say that on or off? Who gives a shit? We said we said yeah. it, but I don't think we did. I think this is our best episode yet. I no, you guys fucking yeah, I blew me think away. I mean, you guys always guys. blew me away. I'm 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 gonna say if I think it's even my best story that I've done on BB4P. Yeah, you wow. got no. You guys' stories were amazing. It's like hard to I, last. 
I hated going last because yeah. I mean, fuck, fuck that. So <laughs> but your story was so good. Like I was, I was enraptured in your story. Like you know how there's the moment where like it gets quiet. In yeah. my story, uh-huh. there's gonna be just like a giant block of sand. I can't even story remember what joke it was, but I had a full time. screen of me laughing, and I was like, "You've got to shut up because otherwise he's not gonna be able to start again." Uh, I don't remember either. I don't know. No, it all. I don't even remember the jokes half the time when I write. I'm just like whatever. <laughs> I wrote this so fucking late last night because I was like, I was really so gotta great. fucking write this fucking story. <laughs> I'm I'm sh- I'm shocked that it was like a last minute thing because yep. you introduced an entire team of new characters and all I of thought, them were excellent. I usually am good and I like sit down mm-hmm. and I like write ideas. I can, I'm really good at remembering stuff, so like I always think of an idea and then I just kind of remember it. But mm. yeah, I, I don't know. This I one I I wasn't good at writing down the idea. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. I was like, whatever. <laughs> I wasn't lying You've when I said that I was going to wing it. This week in the DMs as well, so I I thought maybe you were incre- either incredibly busy or oh, like I was, well, really I was... struggling to write something. Yeah, well that makes. I sense. was sick because I got vaccinated, and I didn't want to respond because <laughs> you guys were like, "I'm a good boy," and I wrote my story. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like the yeah. fucking loser who like leeches on the good kids in science class for the reason I'm like <laughs> I, I want everyone to know that the bros before pros version of being the good kid who does everything on time is that I wrote my story in like an hour on Saturday before yep, and we I was recorded. About an hour <laughs> so, that. so I mean, there's not much difference in in good and bad boys. <laughs> it's like. It's 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I wrote my story like Man, that, that, um, 14 story hours ago. Last week, the one with socks and katanas. <laughs> I finished half an hour before we recorded. I was fucking bricking it. Yeah. Yep. It, dude, it just happens sometimes, right? Like, yeah. you, sometimes you're just like, I got like no gas in the tank right now. Well, that's the record. Let's see if we can beat that at some point. The record. Is still writing it. Whoever's last is still writing it. <laughs> <laughs> Writing it during Jeff's um, story. Also, I mean, if you're if you're counting these uh, Stanley uh, words of the week, exsanguinated sluicing and rivulets in our stories. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Rivulets Absolutely. was good. Sluicing is like such uh-huh. a palatable or horrific word. Yeah. <laughs> The sluicer, <laughs> aka Cricket Man. I would, I would love to uh, award the best job at shoehorning of the oh, prompts thanks. this week to Mr. Rich Masters. <laughs> yeah, Rich Masters. Mm-hmm. Not train a train, train but train tracks. So, thank Counts. you, thank you. I'll take this uh, fully made <laughs> right. award you've just done. I'll take any award I can get. I'm a whore. We'll have to design one. Oh. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Let the designer shoehorn award. And um, we can yeah. post it. Uh, I think it was a it was pretty good um, prompts this week. I think we got three great stories out of it. Yeah, they were good. Yeah, I thought so as well. 
these these prompts mm-hmm. definitely led themselves to a certain type of story that I think yeah. all three of us did I th- I something think sometimes different are enough. randomly assigned, and they are genuinely randomly assigned. I mean, it's been pointed out to us that we could we could make it up that it's randomly assigned, but I never do that. I always random number generate it. Um, a lot of them go together. Yeah. A lot of them go together. A lot of them don't go together. I think it's more I think fun that like way. We we you know send whatever you got. Just don't, a lot of people send in animal prompts. We've got about fifty animal prompts, <laughs> which is really. I don't hate rich, animals. I just like. <laughs> Why do you hate animals? There's only so much you can do. Hates with, the animal like, kingdom. We've got salamanders, toads, lizards, reptiles, and frogs. We've had. <laughs> Take toads okay. off. I, yeah, I, I told you it's... to take toads off last night, Eve. Think... Yeah, like salamanders yeah. and toads and are think, like the same uh, thing, Greb right? Comics, like that's the um, same animal. Do you know the guy Greb Comics? That they, yeah. So um, they've got they've got a vested yeah. interest in doing frogs and toads and stuff like that, and I appreciate that. But I'm gonna take toads off just simply because I think it's a bit <laughs> too close to uh, frogs. And yeah. I would just ever replace my story about frogs um, with toads. I've also I'll read the uh, same I story. Think once yeah. we get the Patreon yeah. launched, what we're going to do is we're going to wipe that list and then gen- start generating it again. But I'll keep some of the ones um, just to remind everyone. I'll, I'll post a Google Doc or something so that if their prompt never got picked and they really want to suggest it again, then they can suggest it. That makes sense because I don't want people to miss out because there's some genuinely yeah. great ones in there. Um, but yeah, uh, I think A stars all round, lads. I agree. Good job, team. I also, I also just realized mm-hmm. what should have came to me to begin with when I was oh, talking yeah? about redesigning the stuff Ooh. for this show, the branding and everything. Uh, Good, because we... I'll tell you guys about it after we're done. No. You don't want to give them any info. <laughs> no, in case I'm, I'm too lazy. Under promise. Yeah, deliver. that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> the, the engineer's Honestly. code. That's Absolutely. Right. Yeah, do the Scotty the Scotty method. Oh, <laughs> Miracle so, worker. On that note, unless we've got <laughs> anything else to say, we're going to close the cover on this week's compilation. Uh, big thanks to our good friend Vidizen, as always, for the use of his music, specifically created for our theme tune. Um, you can follow him on Twitter at underscore Vidizen underscore and find out all about his recent albums, his work, inside leg measurement maybe. I don't know if he's putting that on there. Uh Oh, I want vision. I want bicep <laughs> yeah. measurements on your profile because I want to see the gains. <laughs> they, they don't. They don't make enough. Next, uh, they don't make next enough, time like, I next time I see him, I can. <laughs> yeah, yeah just, I can just like. Put just, your I'll take one for the team. I want to know how much space know. is between your thumbs and your fingers. That's yeah. all. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Like. A quarter of a mile. Yeah, we do. Uh, we love you, Greg. We love Jeff. you, Greg. Yeah. We love uh, you. Oh wait, no, no! I've got to do the prompts. I've got to do the prompts. I've got to do the prompts. Well, fuck you too. You didn't do the prompts. <laughs> All right. Okay. Jeff, wait, okay. no. So, Never mind. Hold on. The first one is premonitions. Hmm. And oh, the next one a good is one. bards. Yeah, Premonitions Oh, like the guys who sing I'm sorry, with the loot. I'm sorry, but I haven't uh, figured out who uh, suggested these, and I'm not gonna. <laughs> yep, 
It was Josh. It was Josh. I'll take and credit Josh for it. It was me. Um, if I do get You're the chance welcome. to go over, I will find out who did those <laughs> and we'll give them credit on Twitter. Um, so that's the next time. Uh, Jeff, where can people find out about you? Yeah, now, now, yeah, yeah, now. Well, now and you, you know talk what, to me. you bitch, right. you're gonna still do <laughs> it. So, <laughs> so don't act all high and mighty with me. All right, <laughs> wow. <laughs> you guys true. He's right. We need this. He's right, we, everybody. All three of us need this validation, so we're gonna do it. Right? I am still gonna do it. You can <laughs> you can find my writing at boldlyprose.com. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't read it though; it is garbage. Touche. Uh, <laughs> Touche, sir. How about that, fucker? <laughs> Damn the Uno reverse card. <laughs> I'm kidding. Definitely go to Boldly Pros. It's great. Um, you can find my art at jeffpennington.art and uh, all the relevant links are there that you'll need. But you can also find me on Twitter and Instagram at underscore Jeff Pennington. And uh, I do a fun podcast with Josh all about Star Trek called M-Class Podcast that you can yeah. find at mclasspodcast.com. It's, uh, yeah, it's becoming a podcast where yeah. you use it to good one. insult me regularly, which I also appreciate. Yeah, don't think what? I don't fucking listen. Did <laughs> you never do... insulted you? Did you know that Rich <laughs> Apparently has a I'm an animal abuser. You know I've that? got a voice of an old English maid. Uh... <laughs> You did, you cocksucker. <laughs> Who said that? You did. Yeah, you did. But you also no! said I was a Sears I meant it as a compliment. So that's quite nice. Cl- yeah. Yeah, no, but that was good. That was good. You I said that. What's wrong grand. with that? Uh, Josh. <laughs> that's what we do. Josh. Where, we where dip you in the fire you? and then we pull you out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, I do everything Jeff does. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, you can find uh, Josh's art at jeffpennington.art. Yeah, you can find my... Yeah. No, I do the podcast with Jeff. Uh, I do a show called Continue. You can find me at, at Henderson1983 on mm-hmm. Twitter, which I barely use because Twitter is horrible. Mm-hmm, what mm-hmm, else? Mm-hmm. Uh, you can follow my Instagram mm-hmm. if you like uh, like action figure photography. And I pretend do that. Friends That's is coming back soon, Field isn't it? 1983. That's it. Yeah, Pretend Friends is coming back, so... Yeah, that's cool. It's like a, a role-playing game. Used, uh, we use Kevin yeah. Cole's newly it, released Space King it goes on sale book. The, for anyone who didn't for the, start it, it goes on sale this week. Yeah. yeah. So I think it's on sale like right now. Yeah, I think yeah you so. better get on it. So I got by the time early. this comes out, it will be sold uh, out. In ter- I yep. do... Uh, that's it. Okay. Let's, what do you do, Rich? What the fuck do I do? What the fuck do you do, I'm going to get this right Sears, this week because I Sears fucked it modeling. twice. modeling. We know that uh, already. I do a podcast called Toon Hounds <laughs> with my good friend Spivsy. Uh, mm-hmm. This, by the time this comes out, our other episode will be out on Claymation. Um, and the next episode is a Batman the Animated Series episode uh, because the 30th anniversary was recently. Um, we talk about cartoons and for some reason every episode we talk about Daredevil because we both like Daredevil. Um, no, well, yeah, but the comic as well. 
the show. Um, I also produced a comedy, uh, write, produce, voice actor, comedy Star Trek show called T- uh, Tapon's Theatre on Subspace, and you can find that at at Tapon on Subspace or ttos.cool, and you can follow me at, at MastersRich, and go to boldlypros.com for my Star Trek fan fiction writing. And that is probably it. Mm-hmm. I want to put a special it gold star really next to good. Tune It comes out on the day this podcast, comes out, which is probably not yeah. the best time. But if you want double doses of me, uh, then you can... Who wouldn't? Who wouldn't? Um, and Who wouldn't? Yeah. It's my fantasy. It's a very British double, podcast double dose as well. Of rich. And we've got both uh, complaints and compliments <laughs> about that. So, you know... <laughs> Some people think we what, sound what, too alike. Who's complaining? How dare, how dare you people be from England? Yeah, so oh, racist. Oh, man. All those British people sound the same. Man. No, Spivsy's, yep. Spivsy's from You two the don't North. sound well, anything alike, number one. He's from the, the, the worst bits. Uh, no, I'm only joking. I'm only joking. Um, and I'm originally from London. Wow. So, <laughs> so it's actually What, what did you call that part of the country, country one time on the show? Which is an awful, awful black country. <laughs> Yeah, the what country? Mm. Yeah, I don't know why it's called the that. But black, oh, called. the black so country. Pop, I, I, dude. Because I think it's because your ancestors Possibly. were like afraid of forests and shit. Yeah. <laughs> they were like, oh God, it's so dark in these woods and our pale skin. About, like they're about <laughs> tours and wields and forests and, you know, moors and stuff like that. Um, yeah. Yeah. You can you can tell Rich and Spivzy apart like perfectly well because Rich will be like I chose this show you've heard of when the show starts True. and then Spivzy will be like I chose this genuine garbage that I found at the bottom of a garbage can no one's ever uh, heard of Spivzy went to a Goodwill and rubbage through the one dollar tape section and found like some independently produced fucking claymation from like some college yeah, kid that, that is doing animation class although I have picked some clangers in my app, in my time on Toon Towns um, if you were. It was really good. What did we do? No, was it was an episode um, of best Looney Tunes. Tunes. Go to that that was a really fun episode. Yeah, we did Looney Tunes, and I did. Uh, uh, I believe the two mm-hmm. that I chose were Duck Amuck and Baseball yeah. Bugs. It was. A, that was a really Baseball good Baseball Bugs is good. No, Spivsy did Duck Amuck, didn't he? Or no, I didn't do Duck Amuck. I did. Uh, yeah, you did. I did um, the Great Piggy Bank robbery. Duck that was Twasey. a fun episode. Go back and listen to that Duck one. That Twasey. one's good. <laughs> This is the only good one. That's the that's the only good one. That's no. the only good one. The whole one. show is really if you, fun. You should the listen listener, to not Jeff or Josh. Uh, want to suggest prompts? Uh, head over to Twitter and follow us at Bros B Capital B Number Four Pros Pod and write us a message there. Um, also, you know, suggest us to your friends. Like if you're in a, if you would listen to this in a car. Maybe save this to the next yeah. time you're in a car with your friends and family, and you can be like, "These are some guys I listen to. Yeah. They're great." Or you know, like put us on at work. That'd be really good. Put us on at work, like you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Put us on at work. We're get fully fired. safe for work. Yeah, yeah. and then yeah. get any more time to listen to the show at home because you're fired for. Is that part of the legal rules of this show that uh, we're not allowed to suggest not. prompts? No, I don't think so. We are I could, not. I could, you know, we could, we could. That's uh, against the rules. You know, ruin our own game, right? 
What if we produced a bad story? Yeah, are you gonna like do like a you gonna uh, do like a GM of the Sixers <laughs> and make a burner Twitter and start yeah, like trash talking? Like, <laughs> you can do our, that. Our prompts next time are have love flinch and horror. So, well, well so I don't know how to write. And that is a good flinch. point. Don't, don't, if you are prompting, uh, suggesting a prompt, maybe don't suggest one that is too heavily linked to something that we already do. So you know, something like spaceships is fine. Something like. Uh, the Technomancer is probably not going to be able to... Yeah. <laughs> God, that would be really fun to... Oh, right, maybe just do what you want, Because maybe that would be fun on, on reflection. That'd be cool. Um, it might be, yeah. Uh, our actual prompts next time, in case you forgot and thought I was being serious, Which is are really good. Uh, premonitions and bars. That's going to be a fun one. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. You'll I don't do know it. How the fuck I'm gonna fit that yeah. in? But I'll do it. Yeah, you, <laughs> you can, can do, do premonitions. You probably have some fucking <laughs> premonition in your story that's gonna give me fucking piss pants nightmares. Um, that's for sure. But yeah, otherwise, leave us a please leave us a review. Uh, share us around, uh, like you know, like a girlfriend you don't like that that much or something. Um, <laughs> I'm joking. What? <laughs> what? What kind and of just girlfriends what? have you had? Share and what us is their phone like number? A girlfriend you don't like? Uh, what is just going on in England? Know, tell all your friends about us. I'm going to move forward. I, don't just I'm move forward from that. We're moving forward. But ser- yeah, exactly. Ser- seriously, oh, you'll though, find your phone You won't have to look too hard. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, next um, time I use the bathroom, yeah. we'll see. <laughs> and just, just uh, let us know what you think of the episode. And we'll see you in two weeks. Maybe that girlfriend, maybe that girlfriend will see you sooner. Bye, everybody. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Zip. Bye. Bye.